This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What is going on, everybody? Happy Election Day. It is episode 238 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Would you introduce yourself, please? Hello, Crisis Actors. It's Mary. We were just listening to the Reba theme song. All five uh, versions. All, all five versions, So we're yes. in a really good mood today. Yeah, and you can hear... Uh, a guest host who we haven't had on in a while. Introduce yourself, please. It has been a while. I'm back in the United States from Israel. I'm Taylor. Happy Election Day, everybody. If you haven't voted already, go do your part as a citizen. Use I, your rights. Uh, yes. Did you, did you went out and vote? I did vote. Uh, excellent. I voted early absentee. Ah, okay. Mary, did you go out and vote? You're exposing me right now. <laughs> no, I didn't vote. Did you? Did you vote? Nope, not yet. There you go. Will I? Maybe. We don't know. <laughs> uh, so, but you guys uh, do get out and vote. Uh, it is important that you make your voice heard. I've already seen tons of fortifying going on and stuff from James Lindsay. So shh, we'll, uh, we'll have to figure out and see how that works out later. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We've got uh, activists are once again angry that somebody, that SNL would have the absolute temerity, the audacity, the gall, the, the downright... Uh, hubris to bring back Dave Chappelle who brings in tons of money uh, for the show this coming weekend. How dare they? Uh, how dare they do that? So I love when got- you say absolute temerity. Yes. It's, uh, it's, I want a shirt that says absolute temerity. The, what does the, temerity uh, mean? Uh, like, audacity? It's, yeah, it's basically audacity. Okay. Yeah. So you just like uh, if you have the absolute hubris to do something like that. So we've got <laughs> that. We've got James Gunn talking more about he, he mentions fan movements. And then we've also got some news with Henry Cavill. There's a lot of exciting stuff going on right now with DC Entertainment. Uh, at the very least, given how rocky it's been over the last 10 years, it's stuff to at least be a little bit excited about, if not just a little bit cautious. We are also, thank you. Uh, we are also going to talk about Alanis Morissette, which uh, me and Mary have uh, different opinions on why this, well, actually, I don't know. We probably have the same opinion on why this might be, but she's boycotting <laughs> the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony this year at a very odd, she chose a very odd time to do that and blamed it on something that, of course, will get her. Unsupportedness. Yeah. Yes, unsupportedness. So virtue signaling points. And then we've also got uh, David Zaslav doubling down on uh, hiring and working with people that make money. It's a funny concept in today's world. So we got that. We got a bunch of other stuff. If you guys are ready to get right into it, we'll just get right into it. Mary, are we ready? Yes, we are. Taylor, are we ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. So it says Saturday Night Live is slammed for hosting Dave, uh, for having Dave Chappelle as the host. It's a slap in the face, they say. Slap in the face Uh, to whom? Yeah, that's a good question. Who do you think it is? Who watches an SNL anymore, firstly? I don't know. Do you? No, I I haven't watched it in years. I... (laughs) I don't Certainly even know. Not me. I don't even know who the SNL cast is anymore. Well, they actually just recently introduced some new cast members mm-hmm. because Pete Davidson left. Uh, a couple of other other spots, I suppose, were open. Um, so they hired like what three, four new cast members. Yeah. One of whom identifies as non-binary I did, and uses I do they them that story. pronouns. 
uh, named Molly Kearney. Mm-hmm. And uh, as they've announced Dave Chappelle as this week's host, a lot of tweets are rolling in saying, I wonder how Molly Kearney feels about this. I'm so disappointed and like I feel for her because, you know, uh, or they, <laughs> because... <laughs> Uh, you're not standing in solidarity with gender non-conforming comedians. But they're not the same thing. So what and there is also matter? another person on the SNL team who is just a writer yeah. who identifies as non-binary, I think named Celeste Yim. Yeah. And they're mentioning that one too. So that's sparking some more outrage than it otherwise would have. But people are saying that Molly Kearney doesn't have the power to call out this behavior because she's new. She's a new hire, so she has a, an imbalance of power See, over her. I think they end up having them do a skit together. Um, I wonder. Probably to start the show. But it would, also doesn't, it doesn't would matter. Would she do that, though? It's not or the same thing. Is she identity-obsessed enough that she genuinely has a problem with this? I don't. I, I, if, if they I'm don't worried that together, they're... If they don't work together at all, that will be a glaring thing that people will point out. I think yes. even when people may not personally have a problem with it, they might be aware that a community of people who would be really mad if they didn't act like they had a problem with it or, you know, treated them just like any other host or guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it would be like outrage from that community against them because people will bully even trans people who speak up for Dave Chappelle. That's happened. Yep. That's happened with the other comedian. Yep. So we've got some tweets here from people. Uh, It's a a Sebastian M. Barr, PhD. Of course, a PhD PhD. on Twitter has a problem with this because he knows so much about comedy and how to make people laugh. He says, I hope cast members will boycott this. And then it goes down farther. Julia says, I wonder how SNL's first non-binary cast member this season must feel about them platforming Dave Chappelle next week. There's that word again. There's that word again, platforming. Uh, uh, Disappointing but not surprising uh, feeling for Molly Kearney right now. Is it the same thing? It's non-binary is not the same thing as transgender. So why does it matter? I think that they actually define transgender as an umbrella term yeah. that also includes non-binary people. That doesn't... Uh, Which people even within that community all disagree on. And even that is under the umbrella term of like LGBTQ. Yes. So okay. basically you do have to fall in lockstep with the narrative, which is you have to deplatform Dave Chappelle and cut off all ties with him. You know, the, the, the number one problem that I see these days is a lack of uh, good PR for movements like this. And the number one way you could get back public interest and public support would be by being able to laugh at yourself once in a while. Yep. Uh, and the inability to be the, the butt of the joke. If everybody else has to be the butt of the joke, you have to also allow yourself to be the butt of the joke. No, it is not violence. No, it is not causing you harm. Cry me a river. Well, you have to be the, you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable to public scrutiny and jokes if you want to feel like you're part of the in-group. When I played the skit that they used to introduce those new cast members, including Molly Kearney, I did see that they addressed the fact that she identifies as non-binary and her prefer- preferred pronouns and made a joke about it. Yeah. Not really the joke at was her the safest. Expense. No, the joke was like it the was safest a very sanitized one. So it was a it was a joke about uh, them hiring her to assassinate Vladimir Putin 
uh, when she just oh, thought that, when she just thought that she was getting uh, hired as a comedian. So then <laughs> she like makes a joke about how one of them misgendered her in th- this plot to assassinate. Vladimir Putin, Putin, and then she was like, I didn't think it was the time to have the pronoun talk. Ha ha ha. Misgendering jokes are the lamest of all of that humor. It's it's not funny. It it was not, uh, it wasn't really woke, but it was just kind of a cringy way to introduce Molly Kearney. And really what I'm worried about is them using Dave Chappelle's uh, appearance as a way to roast him and virtue signal about how they're so much better than him they're going to like use the skits to make jokes at his expense about how out of touch he is yeah Mm -hmm. rather than just letting him take the lead because he's funnier than all of them combined i was just gonna say good luck because he's funnier than all of them yeah like you just said and like he's also a legend he makes fun of everybody there's uh, there's this quote from someone says uh, I'm a trans uh, it's from I- IBF uh, DHVB uh, it says I am a trans man and I don't give an f about Dave Chappelle but as a workplace figure out the uh, figure out where you stand you can't make a huge point of hiring a non-binary persona and then have them uh, see a transphobic dude as the host like uh, like what. Like, that's not true at all. You can do both. You can, have, first of all, he's not transphobic. Right. He's just a guy who tells jokes and, and jokes about everyone. Well, I think what they, also just the recognizing biology stuff is now considered transphobic, which totally yeah. diminishes even the meaning of the word transphobic. Yep. The issue is irrelevant because you should be able to do comedy with people that you disagree with about a myriad of issues, not just this one, not just gender ideology. Yep. And I think people are actually reading a lot more into Molly Kearney's thoughts on this than is actually warranted, seeing that she has said nothing on the topic so far. I'm sure by design. Yeah, and uh, like, like one tweet said, Molly Kearney is a first-year player in an extremely tenuous position. What choice do they even have? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Thinking about Molly Kearney having to be in sketches with Dave Chappelle, LMAO. Like, as if this person is being forced into this position when I'm sure it was a dream come true to get this job in the first place. It also means that even Molly Kearney has no has no recourse other than to follow whatever they believe is true. She's not even, even as a member of the community, isn't allowed to have her own opinion because they're going to pretend like her having to work with Dave Chappelle would be forced upon her rather than her wanting to work with him. And then if she wants to work with him, she's actively harming her own community, which is what they'll say. Here's another tweet from someone who's butthurt that said who next Kanye I'd like an hour of this show to be the cast surrounding Molly Kearney in solidarity and calling out educating Dave about his total ignorance about tell me why the hell an hour of SNL would consist of them giving Dave Chappelle 
sensitivity training. To, to be fair, <laughs> Saturday Night Live hasn't really been funny in two decades anyway, so it's right in line. No, with, but have they really they gone full struggle session yet? Yes. So <laughs> he, Lauren says, why am I, why am I surprised that they've, uh, they're having Dave Chappelle host when they had Trump host a month before his election uh, and, they, and they let uh, Jost uh, and Che host update for the last nine years? I don't know who that is. Uh, I haven't watched Saturday Night Live Saturday Night Live in years. Clearly, they don't care what their loyal audience wants at all. What that, does their loyal audience that want? That slowly but steadily dwindling audience. Yes. Uh, well, a lot I of mean, people were saying that it might be the last year. Uh, the, I hope so. Um, I, they're facing the, the consequences of your actions and not in the way that they think. I mean, I was just reminded of Pat. The character that Julia Sweeney came up with back yes. in the 90s where they joked about how uncomfortable it made the other characters that Pat was like gender nonconforming, androgynous looking. They were constantly saying, like asking these leading questions of Pat, trying to gauge like whether Pat was a man or a woman. And it, it was like a genuinely funny skit because it pointed out it like took people off guard and pointed out how they're awkward and their vulnerability in that situation because everyone can relate to like yeah. just being in an awkward social setting. And it also like a new perspective I I thought of when Julia Sweeney was on her apology tour for making this character is that they were actually cracking jokes at the expense of the people around Pat who were so uncomfortable. See, but that wouldn't, like I said... Not be, Pat. That would not be allowed today because you're, like, that leaves it open to interpretation. If they feel like they've had to explain to you what that is, they don't even like the idea that you might be laughing at Pat. They, they need to hammer it You're not it allowed to, to misinterpret yeah. their joke, um, which it, is a violation of your conscience. There was, a, there was an episode of Bones where they had um, a... Uh, a cop and a doctor in from japan and the doctor practices of a, a form of uh androgyny that makes the point of it that you don't know whether it's a man or a woman and the whole episode is spent with the other doctors trying to figure out whether it was a guy or a yeah. girl and that would not fly and it's, it, but it's today. all about how the people surrounding this person are way more fixated on the question than the person yeah. is. And then the, the problem with that episode was they actually, uh, they, they figure it out in the end and it would have been funnier if they just never, like, yeah. like, basically they have like the Angela character go up and like hug them like an uncomfortably tight amount and she goes, it wiggled, it's a guy. <laughs> uh, so like that, you wouldn't be able to do that now. That, that would not be uh, allowed to be done now because we're so steeped in gender ideology in this country. I don't think that people would be allowed to take jokes at that expense. Uh, and the funny thing is, the person who played the character was a girl. So they announced it as a guy, but the actress that played that role was a girl. And that would just never happen no, today. No, I don't think they would. Uh, I don't think they'd allow that much nuance. Do you think that SNL hired Molly Kearney for representation <laughs> yes. purposes, yes. or because they thought this is the best fit person for the job? Well, I got a question to follow that up. Did either of you ever hear of Molly Kearney before? No. no, but when I looked her name up, I saw like just normal like Comedy Central stand-up bits okay. that were uh, bland at best. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Maybe just people aren't funny anymore, so she would be no exception. Yeah. But the thing is, if this is going to be framed as a win for representation, 
it, as far as like representing gender non-conforming people or like if you call them gender queer or transgender or non-binary whatever label uh let's cut the bs this person is a masculine presenting biological woman biological woman who is basically just a lesbian yeah. okay and kate mckinnon one of the biggest stars of SNL is a lesbian. They've had other lesbians on the show as well. It's not a new thing for lesbians to be represented in SNL. Mm. So you didn't need to cross this other representation Rubicon, there, it, which does Rubicon. not exist. Like, it, it truly doesn't exist. Also, do you, do you think that the, the idea of platforming is also one of these uh, great unprovables? So this one says, uh, this S is why SNL giving Dave Chappelle a platform is dangerous and why none of us, especially our allies whose voices aren't as drowned out as ours are, should shut up about it. A war is being waged on trans people and trans kids every single day and he helps it grow. First of all, you can't prove that. You can't prove that your voice is more drawn out than than anyone else's. That's not a thing. Like there's a, unless you can show me where an algorithm is somehow not elevating you because I in my opinion your voices are elevated, not drowned out most well, of the time. Mm -hmm. It's obvious that the dynamic is SNL needs Dave Chappelle. Dave yes. Chappelle does not need SNL. Yeah. Like well, Dave Chappelle is the probably the only person who could actually get me to watch an episode this, of SNL yeah. at this point. This is yeah. not a relationship of equals. Nope. In fact, Dave he, Chappelle he's doing them a favor. Yeah, right. Dave Chappelle is platforming SNL yeah. more than SNL is platforming Dave Obviously, Chappelle. We're, we're like I don't think we've ever talked we don't ever talk about SNL unless it involves uh something like this. Uh yeah. th this is another one. So, so it says why is SNL so effing enamored with Dave Chappelle of all people, a man who so smugly loves to demean the trans community at every opportunity. Enough already. Look. They're enamored he, with him because he, they got him as a host he one smugly week? he smugly makes fun of all communities that's mm -hmm. the point you don't get to circ uh to uh just choose yours and then pretend like he's not making fun of the other ones now i will say that him uh like there is danger of going too far into it where you become known as that guy mm -hmm. but i think that that it doesn't matter anyways because they're going to make that decision for him he could make the ne his next special could not address it at all and he would still get that label it wouldn't matter um, the same thing goes true for J.K. Rowling, mm -hmm. uh, that you're going to get that label no matter what now. So leaning into it seems to be. And when you push back on someone, they're going to push back on you twice as hard. So it kind of becomes a, like a circular firing. So like, like in a way, like they, they end mm -hmm. up leading each other into oblivion. They get mad. He gets mad that they keep uh, unfairly maligning him. So he fires back at them and then they go back and forth and it just... It, Snowballs. It's and it's awful. not just something occurring on the internet. Someone no. has literally attempted to murder Dave Chappelle yeah. on stage for his remarks about, for his jokes about transgenderism. And yeah, I'll admit when he is put on the spot to give a serious answer about his beliefs on those things, they are contrary to, you know, the acceptable opinions of the day. But it also is irrelevant to his ability as a comedian and also the audience that he draws to SNL simply by appearing. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, it says, why are we giving this man a platform? Hashtag protect trans kid. I don't see trans 
hashtag protect trans kids. I don't see Dave Chappelle out here attacking anyone. And I am sick of the false assumption that having a joke or pushing back on something or making any type of type of commentary whatsoever is akin to violence because that is it's that type of hyperbolic and imprecise language that causes the problems that we live in. It's like uh, it's sloganeering, right? It's like when you look at a slogan on a uh, on one of these billboard, like on one of these signs that they hold up, and you're like, what is that? even mean like what is it that you're the saying that- protect trans kids thing is one of the most like slogan tokenized yeah. things i've ever seen and i know that there are members of the cast who have worn shirts with that phrase on it and i've seen people posting pictures of them saying i hope that the cast boycotts this episode as if they would pass up the opportunity to be in front of an audience much bigger than they usually yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Support, uplift, protect, uh, protect trans voices. It's like, uh, what? Uh, I need more details. You need Because to- by hiring one of them, did they not accomplish enough in that direction? No. Well, it's never enough. And as you know, it's never enough. Well, right. I think it's never enough to a, a small group of people who are very loud on the internet. But yep. I think your average person doesn't view it this way. And like in my experience, I know there is a s- small group... I call them the alphabet mafia, who if you act out of line, they will target you with severe bullying and they will label you all sorts of terrible things that aren't accurate and they won't let it go. And they do it because they either want you to apologize. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or they want you to just disappear and not exist. Apologizing but, never works anyways. Well, so. yeah. Some people do that, though. But I think it's much better to just, like... Was it like Kyrie Irving like ap- you know, apologized? You say. Uh, Kyrie Irving apologized, and like the very first thing that was written was like engine, uh, like uh, not genuine, uh, disingenuous. Right, and apology. they they created a whole list of demands for him. It, I that situation we didn't even talk about on the show, but no. um, bend uh, bend your knee to the. But it was really because of the context of everything happening with Kanye that they freaked out yeah. uh, to that degree. All right, let's let's go super chats. Rega Tan said, Taylor, play Elden Ring. Have you ever played Elden Ring? No, what's Elden Ring? Uh, Do you guys know? I've never played it. It's just like it's a it's a Dark Souls style video game that uh, Regatan. uh, He he just wants every single guest to play it. it Okay, and asks every time. Caper Two X said, Taylor is back. Ola Taylor, Comrade Mary. That is you, Comrade Mary. I'm back. Uh, Soviet Union Mary. K for two X said SNL. Are they still around? Who's watching? Brett. I am not. Is that watching. a joke about how you're old? I I take offense to that. <laughs> I take particular offense to that. No, I'm not watching SNL. The we're, last we're so old. We remember when SNL yeah. was pretty good. Uh, I I don't. I think SNL being good was before our time. Even like well, uh, you could yeah, you make uh, Norm McDonald episode still. Norm McDonald's weekend update was good, and I I normalize calling Hillary Clinton a bitch on live TV. There you go. Um, <laughs> And the other one was uh, the last funny skit that I saw them do was called Levi Wokes with Ryan Gosling back in 2000 and 
2014 or 2015 and it's oh. actually uh, it's it's about uh it's st- sizeless style neutral gender non-conforming denim Hmm. Uh, at a time when you could still make fun of stuff like that, it's a it's a really good skit. And woke Everyone, was actually a word that long ago. Yeah, you guys should. Uh, they're like, uh, H- has a, that word like evolved it, or de-evolved? Yeah. Did yeah. it used to mean something else? It didn't always mean something derogatory. No, it didn't. Not always. Well, is it derogatory though? Because I feel like some people are like, yeah, I'm woke. Like, no, it's, it's ironic. The left's like created the term as a good thing, yeah. and then it was co-opted to insult them and then they stopped using it yeah okay yeah that so, makes sense but you guys should go watch after after this episode today you should go watch that skit uh that was the last time i remember saturday night live being funny dane font said i used Who? to watch <laughs> dave font dave font dave said font. i used to watch snl with my ex i know i'm mr hyperbolic jokes but she was truly terrifying political social messaging in every joke yep it's uh, it's not funny. It's not. It's the way They're I see it. Self-sabotaging. Like, comedy. It, it's one of those things where it, if there was one group of people that probably should keep their political, like I believe, every, all celebrities should keep their political views to themselves in the interest of business, not in the interest of their their politics. But I'm just saying, from the perspective of wanting to uh, attract the most people to mm-hmm. your to your platform as possible, it's a little bit different here because it's kind of baked into what we do. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're on something like Saturday Night Live, where there's the possibility in a perfect world where they would have made fun of both sides, not knowing who where you stand would have made it resonate more. Uh, because then like say you make a skit and people know you're left leaning and you do something that bashes one side or the other they're gonna feel like you're trying harder on the ones like it's, it's gonna be like it's gonna come out in your perception of it so it's better to be an enigma if you're one of the produ- pre- uh, the presenters on the show there Carnell said Ola Taylor sup Brett and Hail Mary what's up Carnell Hail that's Mary. a little bit sacrilegious that is, Hail uh, Mary. Did, did that offend you slightly I mean it didn't offend me I'm just pointing it out <laughs> Texas Joe said Pat was totally a hot babe. Ahead of ahead of her time. Totally. Ahead of her time. I mean, compared to the broads these days. <laughs> See, we get normalizing Look at this. normalize <laughs> using the term broads again. That's what we need to I, I used, mean <laughs> I used it yesterday. We need to normalize broads. The broads are literally looking like Pat these days. <laughs> What's going on, chicks? Rising Underdog said the SNL cast should boycott and then Dave should do the entire show by himself. It'd be the funniest and highest rated episode it, in years. It would That's be. That's a good idea. If he just did the whole episode by himself and just uh, he acted all the parts. They could call it the Dave Chappelle <laughs> show. I mean, he he must be aware already of the bits they're doing and yeah, all of to. it. But uh, I'm wondering how much he's going to like be able to balance them poking fun at him and him poking fun back at them. Yeah. And if they're allowing for that enough. Yep. I'm sure he wouldn't do the show if it was all directed at him. You know? Yeah. Because he's in, he's in charge, you know? Well, yeah. He's it's like, a, pow- he's it's like a power ve- imbalance. Veto, veto, veto. He has We're veto not doing power. that. We're not doing that. Yeah. yeah. Center conservative mom 98 said SNL was only funny to me when it had Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg was the last time that Saturday Night Live was truly entertaining, probably on a regular basis. Um, anything he did with Justin Timberlake, anything he did with the Lonely Island when they did their oh, yeah. their skits and videos. Or Dear Dear Sister stuff. is still one of the funniest things you'll ever watch, and uh, the one where it plays Image and Heap over and over again every time they shoot the gun. Uh, I don't understand. Like they were watching that one day. You had downstairs. to watch the OC. 
to okay. understand. Uh, yeah. I was I like, why is everyone OC, laughing so hard it, at this? It, uh, it's, uh, but all of those skits, all of the ones they did, um, with, especially with Justin Timberlake, because Justin Timberlake is naturally funny. Mm-hmm. Like he's actually a really gifted, uh, he has good comedic timing given the fact that he's a musician by trade. Um, very, very good. But yeah, it's long since been, go watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine if you want to watch something with, uh, with Andy Samberg in it. Yeah, parody and just like spoofing has totally died as a genre, have it ever, seems. Have you ever seen the, uh, I never saw the episode, but there's a, a scene from Brooklyn Nine-Nine where like a woman's doing a, a police lineup and she said she only heard the guy's voice singing the song I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. So he makes all the guys in the police lineup sing that song uh, in acapella <laughs> form funny. until the end. And then like they get through half the first verse and then they sing the chorus together. And then he's like, ah, oh, chills. She goes, number five, he killed my mother. He goes, oh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Caper2x said, the last relevant SNL was the first one after 9-11 when they played the boxer with a, back, a background of Mayor Giuliani and 9-11 first responders. There was not a dry eye in the house. I would also recommend that you go check out Lillian Garcia do the first uh, rendition of the national anthem post 9-11 on WWE television uh, right afterwards. There was not a dry eye in the house during that either. Very, very good. Uh, did you, you, you wouldn't have seen, you were like zero years old. Why I, would I have seen that? Yes. Right. <laughs> 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 it is what it is. I, hey, I forget sometimes. I forget sometimes. <laughs> Wait, were you alive for 9-11? Yes, but I just Barely. wasn't like conscious. Yeah. yeah. I was... A baby. That's so crazy. I feel so old. I feel so old. I, I, I need to. I need to go get a walker or something after the show today. Yeah, people. People who don't remember nine eleven are going to outnumber people who do remember nine eleven within your lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's awful. <laughs> Slavki Nikki said, "Every time someone mentions dear sister, I have to watch it again." <laughs> Thanks, Brett. Yes, guys, it's so funny. It's 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 one of those things where it's like I think it could be funny even if you hadn't seen the OC or anything. Like it's still funny. Like it's like you like you don't really get it. I didn't get it, mm-hmm. but. I was just like confused because everyone else thought it was hysterical, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, this is funny," but I think you need the pra- the yeah. past context a little bit. I was just bit. watching this deep dive of parody movies from the two thousands that was made by a girl about my age, and she said that she watched all of these when she was like way too young to have understood even yeah half of the references they were making. There's a lot of stuff like that for me. Like whenever I watch when the first time I watched not another teen movie I was in like junior high or high school yeah. um and it's way funnier now. You know, but I just they re-watched... were able to make them funny in a self-contained way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just rewatched The Dictator it, like since I never saw it. I saw it when it first came out and then I just re-saw it and it's so much better when you're an adult. Yeah. Like I love watching movies that I didn't understand fully and then getting to fully appreciate them. The South Park movie is like that as well. Like uh, the first South Park movie, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. So, yeah. All right, guys, we're moving on. So uh, this is an article from Variety. It's good news in the realm of DC because it proves that we are what it's called being pivot Pivot to fandom. Pivot to, to not just telling the fans they're Or being awful. pandered to. Yes, pivot to pandering. So it says, <laughs> James Gunn acknowledges fan movements in statement promising DC's biggest story ever told across uh, film and television. I've heard people say that they want to do um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is a very famous um, crossover event from DC uh, with Flash and all these characters. 
So it says, James Gunn has shared some thoughts on the directions of DC Studios less than two weeks after being selected alongside Peter Safran as the banner's first ever co-chairman and chief executive officers taking to Twitter. He says, opening up Twitter at the end of a long creative weekend to see the, this many tweets to quote, or to, I'm sorry, hashtag save legends of tomorrow and hashtag release the air cut and fan support for other DC projects over the years. The majority of these requests were enthusiastic and respectful, Gunn wrote. It's important we acknowledge you, the fans, and let you know we hear you from different desires. Uh, uh, we hear your different desires for the pathways forward to DC. The question here is, will they still be? Will they still have the same attitude when people aren't respectful? Because that will eventually come. Uh, what I caution here is that yes, everyone's kind of excited right now about what's going on. But what happens when they make a release and it doesn't hit? the way people want it to, or it doesn't do it, don't are they going to revert back to their natural state, which is blaming fans for not showing up and yelling at fans for not liking the direction they take? It's very difficult to be a creative. I think that they were given a free pass by the fans for Black Adam, and it was like, here's a gold star because you tried, and that's why it had such high audience scores. However, uh, just ratings and just, you know, getting a good audience score on Rotten Tomatoes does not equal profit. And Black Adam did not... Has not reached profitability yet, no. Reach profitability yet. And they they're bombed. maybe not I... going to get a release in China. So that's also going to be an issue for profitability. Yep. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, talk about hearing the fans and it feels like pandering when it comes from The Rock. Maybe when it comes from Henry Cavill, there is uh, more of an energy that it's genuine. I take the the completely illogical road that I, I believe it when it's Henry Cavill. I don't believe it when it's The Rock. I don't well, care if that makes sense. Yeah, when it's The Rock, it's not that he's excited about playing Black Adam. It's that he's excited about being important to DC fans. Yeah. And when it comes from Henry Cavill, I genuinely believe, I don't know why, it's just it's just a vibe. It's like, it's like Keanu Reeves. I, yes, I know that most of the celebrity fluff around celebrities being good people is BS, but when it's Keanu Reeves, I just believe it. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why. I just do. That's but when instinct. we were arguing about the likability of Bill Murray, and you you think that he uh, plays too far into the the quirky image, uh, it's manufactured. I don't. You, I don't you feel don't that the Keanu that. stuff. But, but I, you buy Keanu Reeves when he. Like his wholesome one hundredness has been memed into oblivion, and I find that like I, maybe I'm just a cynic, but I find that tiresome. So I don't believe any of it. But all I'm saying is I believe Henry Cavill is enthusiastic about playing Superman Ooh. and is happy to have the chance to do that again. But also, I'm worried DC blew their chance at profiting off of that because they wasted an entire decade. Um, well, the idea here is that with new leadership, uh, the, the problem here is with new leadership, normally you would expect new characters, new, uh, new renditions, but they keep pivoting back to old characters and old renditions, which will make people feel like they're leftovers of the previous regime, even if the new regime wants to take a separate approach. One thing that speaks to the, the change is this thing from Henry Cavill where he says, and this is what I think is very important. He says, if that's the case, it's my honor to be the custodian of the character. And says, Henry Cavill wants to sign an exclusive contract to make him the only 
actor who can play Superman. Cynically, For the rest of his life? No, no. Cynically, you should say, you would think like, well, yeah, because he wants to be the one who gets all the... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that there's an aspect of personal like self-interest and profit-driven yes. interest in him saying that. But I, I buy totally that he's happy to be welcomed back into this role again. Yes. And I think he was kind of unfairly shut out of conversations. Make no sense. They and had a big name actor with a with arguably the biggest superhero of all time next to maybe Batman. And everyone knows that Instagram post where he tagged nearly every name yep. in existence who has played a significant role in DC. And and nobody responded. No one responded except Jason Momoa with like an emoji or something. It was basically like responding K to a wall of text. There was also, there was the article that, said that Henry Cavill basically said that they're going to give the fans everything that they've wanted from the Superman character. It feels like they've kind of reached this point now where they realize that uh, at the very least, there's good publicity and pretending like you're listening to the fans. That's the cynical side of it for me saying so. Yeah. And I would like to see them do that. I think bringing back a lot of these other characters is, is good and proves that they want to move in that direction. But I also, look, James Gunn, uh, as much as I loved... Uh, okay, I didn't love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. They were fine. Who who loved the Guardians of the Galaxy I, but movies? But I loved his Suicide Squad movie, and I thought Peacemaker was fine, except for the weird environmentalist propaganda crap at the end that didn't really fit when they started using the buzzwords and the... I can't stand it. Well, that I realize it that, by the way, this is a bit of an aside, that it's not even so much that the writing is different now as far as characters. It's that before... 10 or 15 years ago, there weren't as many like universally known buzzwords. So I was watching this episode of Lethal Weapon the other night, and basically the mom is lecturing a daughter for like putting up pictures online where she's not wearing like enough clothes. And the mom's basically making the argument that like, look, if you don't respect your body, you can't expect a boy to respect your body either. And her brother comes in during the lecture and makes the, a reference to like the male gaze. And 20 years ago, that just wouldn't have existed in that world right? i wonder how content that includes stuff like that will age it will it, i mean it'll age out because yeah. that those terms will be like 20 years from now people will be like what the hell does it if anything it dates it mm -hmm. in a way that fashion dates a yeah. lot of uh, a lot of tv shows right so it's like it, it's kind of, it's like hearing mansplaining in a television show like I heard that uh, on an episode of in, of an NCIS episode I'm like this automatically makes this between this year and this year now um, and when you hear that stuff you're just like you know that writer He's drawing a, lo a line in the sand between yeah. the viewers and the writers by doing that you should be seeking to make your content timeless it's mm -hmm. why that scene in the in the Batman was so jarring when uh, Catwoman re references white privilege because there's no other dialogue in all of the movie that's that is that uh, like forcefully modern right mm -hmm. the rest of the dialogue is fairly evergreen in its content but that language is so of current year and of certain ideology that it takes you out of the story that's being told and that's what it did that in the other in the show i was watching the other day so uh, what made you drop off of watching legends of tomorrow after like two seasons because it went for Eight. Seven, or, yeah, seven or eight. Um, I enjoyed, I, I thought they kind of bungled the Vandal Savage storyline, which was who the big bad was in season one. And it got, uh, eventually got watered down with the typical CW stuff, which is like all of a sudden everything's gay. Literally, like outside of the realm of like, uh, weirdly so. 
right where it doesn't make any sense mm -hmm. like uh it, it felt like the writing changed it's not it's not a knock to that i'm just saying the know, writing is bad but i i get what you're saying um that uh it feels cl it felt clunky and they did the same thing with most of those shows or like the the flash when mm -hmm. the flash became all about iris west and uh, every character but the flash uh arrow became about every character but oliver queen the writing just took a huge dive in those later seasons and they make up for that by making it all about ideology and that was a hallmark of the CW network, especially yeah. in those later seasons. And I don't mean any of that to sound disrespectful to any particular group. I'm just saying that it made the writing clunky and very, very predictable most of the time. Uh, I've heard that the later that, that most of Legends of Tomorrow is good. I just had no interest in it. There was better stuff to be watched at that time. Well, I that's why I just got the sense that there would be more demand for a director's cut of Suicide Squad than for... Uh, reboot of Legends of Tomorrow. That one surprised me too because the 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 release the air cut stuff felt very astroturfed to me. Because the, is he drop is he name dropping it just because they're planning on it? I don't I don't <laughs> think I, I look. There was a big market for the Justice League stuff because of the tragedy surrounding Zack Snyder, what happened to his daughter, the the fact that the Justice League movie was as bad as it was is actually parallels the fact that the original Suicide Squad movie was as bad as that movie was. And like I said, if you watch that original trailer, the Comic-Con 2014 or 2016 trailer for Suicide Squad, you can tell that the movie that David Ayer originally produced had a very, very dark and different tone from the slapstick garbage that ended up coming out in that movie. Hey, I love it. I love slapstick garbage. That makes no sense. But you lose out on something when, uh, when you take a director's vision and you handicap it like that, which likely means that there was a lot of Leto and Harley Quinn Joker, you know, Joker and Harley mm -hmm. Quinn stuff that got cut out. Well, they had time. the, like, dark, abusive relationship yeah. subplot heavily included and the slapstick humor they probably thought these two themes seem contradictory and we need to just, they just commit to it. one yeah, they axed it which is why there was almost none of leto's character in there and to be fair it wasn't a good portrayal really anyways so uh, i thought it was at least like funny uh it was funny to watch. when he said hunka hunka i literally I, I turned it off the first time i'm like i can't do this i, I can't do this right is now. it because you're allergic to cringe i kind of am because i love cringe and that's why i liked jared leto's joker <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it i liked will smith too as as deadshot which is uh, there's oh, yeah. another example of um Okay, there was a there was a um, story the other day when we were covering the uh, stuff that they were doing for the swaps that they're doing on X Men. How they're saying basically, if we bring in bringing bigger name actors, people can't complain as much if we race swap or gender swap characters. Nobody gave a crap when they when they race swap Deadshot for Will Smith because Will Smith's such a big name that he's able to you know his marquee value overrides that. For a lot of people and I, I thought that portrayal was fine I thought Amanda Waller in that movie was fine I thought that it was a criminal misuse of Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg because Joel Kinnaman's an underrated actor but it would be interesting to see how those characters because they got a lot of really like when I think about that Joel Kinnaman Margot Robbie Will Smith it was like the one time people liked J Jai Courtney <laughs> Like that, like this is the only thing people like him in. Everything else he's in, everybody hates. Uh, like, it, it, there was a lot of potential there that might have been salvageable in the air cut, but I don't know if that would be something I would care enough to like sign up for HBO Max specifically to see. 
Like, I mean, I already have it, but, like, I, if I'm a new person, like, are, is there anybody who's, like, hashtag releasing the air cut on Twitter that isn't already subscribed? Yeah, it seems like a bit of an astroturfed fan campaign at this point, but maybe because they're planning on actually releasing it, yeah. he's name-dropping it so that they seem like they're good at following through on their promises. It just, it, like, and when they and when they did it for, for the Justice League uh, cut, they gave him an additional $20 million to finish the special effects. So it's not like it was uh -huh. just like he re-edited it, re it and then released it. They had to finish the movie completely. Mm -hmm. So I'm, uh, I'm disengaged from caring about the climate of chaos around the future of DC. I'm just thinking release good movies. I love, I love the chaos. I, lo I love it because this is what DC is great at. Announce a bunch of projects and then F them all up. Uh, and then somehow the little ones end up working out. Joker works out because uh, they gave him $55 million. He made his movie and they left him alone. They don't know how to leave people alone and just make their stuff, right? Uh, every, all the problems that we hear about come from studio interference. Mm -hmm. If James Gunn does his job right, he's not going to be interfering in these directors making these projects. So hire good directors, hire good actors, give them medium-sized budgets. None of this 200 to $250 million stuff anymore. You can't afford to. Uh, you just can't. So Because somebody is going to have... A weird personal relationship yeah. with the Dalai Lama <laughs> in another country, and f it all yeah. up for you. So just <laughs> stop, stop planning for a China release. Yes, exactly. So we'll see. Like it, it's it's interesting. I enjoy the DC gossip and stuff way more than the Marvel stuff because Marvel is just draining and stupid, and the fans are arguably way worse. Like because Marvel, Marvel is a machine are, that is yeah. like well-oiled and efficient yeah and you know what's coming next when they for the make, next like five years when they make an announcement so, that project will come out with dc you're like will yeah. it come out will it not we have no idea it's it's interesting to see so we'll see uh let's uh, let's go super chats okay tacti platy said not a comedy but i think gattaca movie ages well i liked gattaca a lot i don't know why but i think i want to rewatch it soon Toy News Quarterly said, you must keep Henry Cavill as the Witcher and replace the writers instead. Petition is at 175,000 <laughs> on change.org. Well, we were gonna I talk don't about think change.org petitions actually accomplish anything. Here's a fun fact. I don't think in the history of change.org petitions, there has ever been a single one that actually, that actually changed but anything. But especially when you'd have to be forcing Henry Cavill to return to this role against his will because... For all we know, he left The Witcher before he even got confirmed as Superman. It's funny. It, it would be funny if he just really hated the people on The Witcher and he just... He was just <laughs> done. He used it to get his way. Like, I mean, he clearly did. He clearly had problems with the fact that they were so, like, hell-bent on not following the, the material that they were given. There was another story today about one of the writers from Andor, which, by the way, Andor got announced for a second season. It was the lowest rated of all the Star Wars shows. It's Literally no one was talking the, about it, but it's supposed to be like one of the better of all the... From what I understand... Well, they had to you know, lower everyone's expectations to the extreme yeah. with... The Mandalorian and with Kenobi. No, not with the Mandalorian, with Kenobi. No, the man the no, the Mandalorian was mediocre. I'm not saying it was bad, but it, it was mediocre. They had to lower everyone's expectations to the extreme, announce all of these this slate of shows for 
Star Wars coming out. So everyone's dejected, and then only the super fans are willing to watch Andor. The small audience who stayed to watch it really likes it, but... They gave it a season two. Yeah, they gave it a season two because it's it's kind of got a cult following, I guess. But there was an article from like a writer who said that he felt handcuffed by like the Star Wars canon. Like, how dare I have to follow the rules that exist in this world? It's like, go then go write your own stuff. Oh, wait, you don't have the talent to go write your own stuff. So you're yeah. being kind of shepherded into this world where all the credibility is built into the work that you're making for them. And even then you can't and succeed. And it's one of the most removed from the canon that they've put out so far actually yeah it's uh like that that's one of People those ones where i'm it. not uh I I, why i'm not the star wars guy here but did uh did andrew watch it no no really <laughs> no wow because why after watching kenobi would you give <laughs> disney star wars another chance make those tears real <laughs> i'll never get over there i'll never get over that line like sometimes that will just come to my head in the middle of the in the middle of the day i'll be thinking there's this line for where this character rava says something about making tears real and i literally when she will was just, yelling at a child a uh, child leia threatening to torture her for information she was like we're gonna make your tears real and that, that line will just pop into my head at certain times and i will get second or fifth hand cringe thinking about how awful she must have felt having to deliver that line like nobody could have saved that Nobody. There are just veins popping out of Moses Ingram's forehead as she's desperately trying to look intimidating. By like take 15, she's like, please not again. Please not again. <laughs> uh, Center Conservative Mom 98 said, I didn't like Legends of Tomorrow till it started getting ridiculous and stopped taking itself too seriously. Although I stopped watching eventually. See, I heard what a lot of people liked about it was that they didn't take themselves too seriously. Because let's face it. Okay. The number one complaint that I heard when it was still, when it was in its early years was like, the time travel literally makes less than zero sense. Like in a world uh, of sense, it is on another planet somewhere entirely. Like nothing follows any type of logic whatsoever. So that doesn't bother me a lot most of the time. If the show's fun... It doesn't have, especially yeah. time travel. I will give a lot of leeway to time travel stories because it's like you're you're overthinking it. That's the point I reached with uh, Doctor Who at some point you're until like, yeah. until the female doctor showed up. Then I was gone. <laughs> so like to me, like those early seasons and I enjoyed uh, Brandon Routh. I enjoyed Katie Lotz, but then eventually it just gets to be a little bit too much. So. It is what it is. The last of my kind said, Aircut was completely different. Batman was supposed to be otherworldly scary because it's supposed to be from the point of view of the criminals. Think the scene with him and the cops. One of uh, two. Um, also, Leto said he recorded over three hours of film. Yeah, and I think back to yeah. the, there's that scene at the beginning of uh, Batman versus Superman where the two cops are going into the warehouse and Batman's on the ceiling uh, and he's very much portrayed in a much scarier fashion than he would have been. And then they kind of ruined it, too, because then in the later trailers for the Suicide Squad, they showed Batman, and it would have been cooler if they would have waited to show him oh. uh, and kept him off screen. And that first, the reveal for Jared Leto's Joker in that first trailer for the Suicide Squad was really, really, really good. Everyone was arguing about, should he have tattoos? Why would he have uh, grills? Why, why would he look like this? But the reveal was done very, very well in a manner that's supposed to be scary. So. Yeah, I remember one scene they cut from it that uh, I think is still on YouTube was um, 
showing that Jared Leto's Joker was actually not supposed to be as much of a literal clown. Um, he, he was like about to electroshock yeah, Harley, Harley Quinn, Quinn yeah, that was the, in that. And, and they just cut all of that out. So he ended up seeming like a very unserious And then when they villain. did the when they did the thing where she falls into the vat uh, or whatever and he jumps in after her, they use like a really awful Kalani song that just like... Oh, I remember and that. And I'm just like, I was watching him like... Who's doing? Uh, I was like, who's doing? Like, <laughs> I was like, did, did they literally find like the worst person oh. ever to like? Could we find like a song? Like, pick like the worst song you know, and then find like something worse than that. I wish we could live react to that scene. Oh, so bad, <laughs> pretty bad. Bobcat said, "Wait, who is having a weird personal relationship <laughs> with a llama too in the China release?" It's pop culture. It's getting crazy it's, out there. Um, look, that's on our that's on our premium channel. You'd have to check out the premium <laughs> channel for that. That's uh, on Pierce Brosnan's OnlyFans. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Ah, uh, Brosnan fans. I'm so down. Like, that was. Uh, <laughs> I was. I, okay. I posted a bunch of uh, random Pierce Brosnan gold, uh, Bond clips over the weekend because I posted the picture of Denise Richards because she plays Dr. Christmas Jones, making her the world's most unrealistic nuclear physicist in the history of the world. Speaking of Denise Richards, isn't she in The Cleaning Lady? I don't which know. Which just came out. I know that she had a, a reunion recently with Dina Meyer where they celebrated the 25th anniversary of Starship Troopers. <laughs> no? Funny. No no Starship Troopers? Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then I was like, I was like looking at it because Dina Meyer is like kind of secretly based. Not secretly, but like uh, fairly conservative. And like, and then I'm thinking like Denise Richards with her mom, daughter, OnlyFans accounts. It's uh, the world we live in today. Love that. It's the world we live in. Sketch Therapy said Suicide Squad equals Assault on Arkham 2014 yeah. with a worse ending. And I know they wanted to do, um, they wanted to make uh, the Batman movie that Ben Affleck was going to make before he was replaced with by Robert Pattinson. Originally, it was going to be written, directed, and starring him. Like, imagine being Ben Affleck before you married J-Lo. Again, or well, for the first time. But imagine being Ben Affleck. You've got, uh, you're still struggling with alcoholism, and you're going to write, direct, and star in the Batman movie that was going to be Escape from Arkham, where he was going to have to escape Arkham Asylum and take basically face down all the criminals that he's put in there on different levels as he tries to escape oh, through cool. the. And then that one got pushed off, and we never got that one. That's uh, another one they should bring back. Is they should bring back Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke. They're they're missing out if they don't bring back that character as well. So. Never name drop Deathstroke again because the last time you name dropped <laughs> Deathstroke, yeah. everyone just started commenting stroke. Uh, yeah. Well, we're very mature here at Pop Culture Crisis. Yes, we are. <laughs> All right, guys, we are moving on. So uh, nowadays, if you want to get out of doing an event, you can just virtue signal your way out, as we've learned from Alanis Morissette. She probably sets. felt like she was under the weather or something, or yeah. she realized she had a conflict 
Yes. In their schedule. And Alanis Morissette decided. <laughs> how can I monetize that? Yeah. How can I make myself the victim in this situation? So what she says is it says, this is why Alanis Morissette dropped out of last weekend's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. Quote, Hollywood has been notorious for its disrespect of the feminine. I imagine you agree with this, but for different reasons. I don't even think she listed any reasons. No. <laughs> Her statement was so long-winded and just a nothing burger. It actually shocked me that I sat there and read it for that long and learned nothing. So she was supposed to do a duo, uh, like a little duet with performance Carly, uh... with of, of Carly Simon's yeah. You're So Vain with Olivia Rodrigo. My conspiracy theory was that Alanis Morissette was angry about... Um, like not getting paid as much for the appearance as Olivia <laughs> Rodrigo, who is much younger than her. Uh, I don't know, just floating that theory out there. But maybe she just didn't feel like leaving the house that day. Well, let's read. Let's read her statement. She said, "There are some misinformed rumblings about my not performing at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony this past weekend." Uh, she. D- did her obligatory statement saying no no personal problems with anyone no, else no. who was performing there it's like it's that's like their version of creative differences <laughs> creative like, differences never in the history of the world has it actually been like just creative differences that ended a project it's always a little bit more than that i've spent decades in an industry that is rife with an overarching anti-woman sentiment and have tolerated a lot of condescension and disrespectfulness Reduction, dismissiveness, contract breaching, unsupportiveness, exploitation, and psychological violence, and more this throughout what, my career. This is what I mean when I talk about the, 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 the people holding up signs that say stuff without saying stuff. It's like Julia That's exactly Fox. What she's doing. It's like Julia Fox yesterday where she called uh, uh, taxing tampons is literally violence. Yeah. Um, everything is violence and feminism is, is, uh, what was it you said earlier? When has feminism never been? Oh, when, when have feminist ideals not been (laughs) imperiled? We'll get into that later. So there's nothing like, um, no one issue that she was like, oh, no. this happened. I'm not going to be why involved. I thought it was just like, I've had enough and I'm going to tell you all about it right now. I but thought she, like but there must went. have been some drama behind the scenes yeah. that she isn't, she, that she's purposefully not addressing in this statement. But the weird which makes part people is, ask more questions. Yeah. But the weird part is she went to rehearsals and then she changed her mind. It's one thing if at they the asked. It's one thing if they asked her like, "Hey, do you want to go to the at the Hall of Fame?" She's like, "No, because you're a bunch of misogynist dinosaurs, and I don't want to yeah. support that." <laughs> she didn't say that. She said, "Yeah, sure, I'll do your show." And, and then she did the re- re- rehearsal, and maybe she's like, "Oh." I'm just too lazy. How can I turn this to my advantage and not have to go to it so I can stay home and eat Cheetos? If this is taking shots at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and you think that they are upholding the patriarchy or misogynist standards, then wouldn't you want to be part of the group of women counteracting that? I don't know. It just all seems like a farce. We don't believe in the patriarchy here at Pop Culture Crisis. See, we've got two women on the show today, so that's not even a thing. She said, it's hard not to be affected in any industry around the world, but Hollywood has been notorious for its disrespect of the feminine in all of us. 
I would agree. <laughs> I, I would agree that, yes, Hollywood now wants all women to be just uh, lesser versions of men, and they don't want to celebrate the uh, fact that women can have children. They don't want to celebrate the fact that women nurture and, ca- and caregive. They want to celebrate women in this so much as they can make them hot women that beat up men twice their size so they can sell movie tickets. I do agree that I mean, they, not even hot anymore. Yes, yeah, sadly. That's the... Uh, Damn it, you're right. They got rid of that part. See, maybe I would be more amenable to the to the five <laughs> foot tall woman beating up a nine uh like a two hundred and fifty pound guy if they would only hire like the Scarlett Johansons of the world to do it. I don't want the middle aged women. They did that for Black it. Widow, right? That worked. But I'm yeah, but that's that, that feels like the exception now, not yeah. the rule. Like uh, I was. They're going to do um, that with Anna De Armas in Ballerina. See, all is right with the world, man. Just bring back the toxic masculinity. They're few and far between. Uh, the um, she, I, <laughs> I just want to finish out. Yeah. She said, "I'm at a point in my life where there is no need for me to spend time in an in environment that reduces women." <laughs> <laughs> well, um, there's a there's so a funny she might have had like here. a run in with someone. I don't know, or it could be like you said, with like she's not getting paid as much or something. But this this comment's really funny. It says, "I'm I'll assume she'll be working a nine to five now." Then yes. Well, where would she where would she go where they're not being diminished? Someone else commented, "Let's see how many attack her and prove her right." I, I cannot I love- imagine reading that statement and still coming to her defense. So then someone responded, "Loaded comments like this are so immature to disagree or speak against it." is not an attack and it doesn't prove anyone right. There's a thing called discourse and decisions come after that. Is there a, well, that's the thing. This is what I mean by sloganeering. When you say a bunch of stuff without saying anything at all, it's, runs in, co- in, in counter to the idea of actual discussion. When you say stop violence and you ask what, what violence? Well, what are you denying my existence? Are you denying my plight? There's no That's actual discussion to be one had. One of the most annoying platitudes is you're denying our existence. Can, can anybody tell me what industry she could work in where there wouldn't be, where, there, where there's no way that even the most rabid of feminists could be like no woman is being... Uh, misrepresent, uh, mis mismanaged or mishandled or or do you understand um, what I'm saying? You could become a nun. All women. That's well, true. Don't a lot of the same feminists think like sex work is empowering? There you go. She could become Ooh. a she could self-employed. Oh, yeah. Start an OnlyFans. There Start was uh, <laughs> some easy ser- solution. <laughs> was it Dane or or somebody sent me the thing this weekend? It was like why it's like why dating a sex worker is so difficult. And it was like because we have self-respect, uh, and we have. I'm not. I'm kidding. Like, and it was like if we have. Uh, uh, we know what we want from a relationship. We're blunt, and I was like, or it's because you're like community se- property. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Like, it's that that ability to intellectualize stupidity is a very dangerous trait in Western society right now. It is. Yeah. There's really nothing else to say about this uh, this whole statement, and it's it, a weird statement. I still like her music. This, yeah, that's but, fine. Like separate art from the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, N- not always. Sometimes someone does something that I'm so like, I can't listen to this yeah. anymore. Th- okay, but when does that? When does it that hasn't happen ruined to you? it for me. Um, sometimes someone will say something like really anti-Semitic or like some like weird like Black Hebrew Israelite stuff, and I'm like, God, I can't even like enjoy your stuff anymore. Does that happen to you? Is there so, is there something that people can say that that it affects you and you don't want to listen to it or watch it anymore? Um. I don't know. I that there's nothing that comes to mind. Certainly not like going to stop streaming Chris Brown songs anytime soon. Like <laughs> even it though also, I think I think 
all of these people are morally reprehensible so why would i boycott any of them i knew a girl who went as rihanna from that photo for halloween one year when was that like after like the right after it happened but what oh oh oh, wow okay so Um, that was like back when you were allowed to have offensive halloween costumes yeah um for me, what I've That's found crazy. is I, I've gotten pretty good at separating art from artist. In the most extreme of examples, it does not affect how I view their old work when I, the stuff I saw before they said it. Or like you grew up listening yes. to or watching. Yeah. It may affect how I look at the stuff they make now mm-hmm. post that comment. But well, I'm when you become an at, ideologue, your art suffers. So it's not even you projecting something the onto just them. Worse. I, They're I don't just know creating if, um, worse stuff. I don't know if this is fair, but I also think like how how good is your your art? Yeah. Is it worth it for me? Or am I not really gonna miss it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't like the calls for other people to boycott something. Yeah, like if you wanna boycott it, decide. that's your business. Don't I mean, try to force it on everyone else. Yeah. And I also I don't think I do it out of like a like boycott so and so. I do it out of like I just, don't I deal just with genuinely it. don't really enjoy this anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Calling for boycotts is kinda dorky. <laughs> Yeah, change.org is for dorks. Sorry. <laughs> Don't be a nerd. Don't change anything. <laughs> Stay uh, the same. Is, is this like is, so? Th- is this just a clever way that the industry allows you to get out of something while also raising your public profile through virtue signaling? Um. Yeah, she probably had like a uh, like a doctor's appointment in the way. Or uh, maybe a date planned for that night, yeah. and she didn't realize it, so she was like. Hmm, how can I get the most attention out of canceling? I kind of like I possibly it. can. She had like a mani pedi and just really like needed to go that day. Like, she's like, really oh, they're not going to be able to get me in self care. Like, well, yeah, she, well, like she's got canceling like a, last minute is self care. She's got like a she's got like a really famous like uh, beautician that she that she goes to who's like always booked all year and she's not going to get another chance. So she's like, it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that'll be around next year. Do better, <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like maybe her, maybe the lady. They should have provided my manicure. Yeah, they should have hired that person. Why she backed out will remain a mystery, but I don't think anyone is dying to know. It's a mystery that her statement did not answer. I'm kind of no, I am kind of dying to know because it's so vague. It's annoying. That that's what she probably just literally didn't feel like it. Like like, but that's annoying. Or got into some kind of back and forth with her contract. But okay, but then the problem with that is, is like we're like these types of articles, these types of statements inherently push divisive ideas on the public because nobody can ever separate that she means Hollywood. She's going to take it to mean society as a whole has influenced Hollywood to be the way it was. So men are bad. And then society suffers because she had a nail salon appointment that she couldn't get out of. It's always society that is tainting Hollywood. They never want to accept that Hollywood is tainting society. Yes. And that's, and that's, uh, uh, the hardest part for me is like when we talk about this stuff, whenever these celebrities, we talk about that with Me Too a lot, right? Like yeah. it started out as being Hollywood is full of scumbags that treat and women like And then they like were like, crap. wait, the All whole men world are, has yeah. this problem. And it, that's never been true. You, it, like in Hollywood, they are repeat offenders very particularly worse than the rest of the world in other industries. I feel bad. They're for, worse. It's it's funny too because then like the 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 guys like we'll use me too as the best example. The men that suffer aren't the the rich men who can get whatever they want anyways. It's normal guys who are just looking to settle down and start a family. But the all men are being labeled with the brush of the one percent men who 
um, can have any woman they want and abuse that privilege at any corner uh, at every turn. So it's very strange to me how the people that always end up suffering are the ones that are the not even the point of where what something like this is written about. I stand by the take that Me Too could have, it, you know, it had the potential to target a lot of predators who remain at large in Hollywood, hurting not just adult women, but people of other ages. Oh. Well, oh. It, it did, yeah. kind of, but oh. it also looped in a lot of other stuff. It never had any teeth. I also I also want to point out that there is something, there's something really, really... <laughs> childish about like most of the claims it's like contract breaching i get like the rest uh, is just a general feeling of not being supported unsupportiveness exploitation theoretically bad also the, what is psychological violence yeah, it's, it's 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 like nothing know. it's word i want salad. an example of what falls under that because open wide it's word salad that's that's what it is it's literally <laughs> like some pr person on their first gig out of college like i just graduated from sarah lawrence yes i'll write your your press statement mrs uh morissette can you sign this album for me so they can say this bullshit about uh sorry uh about language uh, uh, about so, so that men is so we can demonize men all because she wants to get out of her nail salon. I also feel like there's probably a lot of male artists who feel unsupported and exploited yep. and disrespected and like people are condescending towards them in the industry. But they don't have a convenient frame. They're not allowed to say so. And the other thing here is that, okay, male celebrities and female celebrities work on opposite trajectories. So when a female is in her prime, she's in her younger years and she slowly loses value over time as her looks and age, uh, as her looks degrade and her age progress. Not meant to be mean. It's not meant to be yeah, sexist. No, that's how it goes. Men, I talk about this all the time. Agents will tell male actors, look, you're too young to do the roles that your face will eventually grow into. You will grow into uh, the actor you need to be. If you watch Chris Pratt on the show Everwood, you can tell that he was he was very young and kind of awkward looking. He was never going to get the roles that would actually give him uh, status and symbol. Mm-hmm. But Emily Van Camp, who's also in that show with her, was in her prime, and she's now aging up, whereas he's aging into those roles. They work on opposite trajectories. So men grow into a thing where they they have the struggle and the hardship early on, which leads itself to more gratitude and perspective later, I think. And women have the success early on, and as it diminishes, that leaves them with a lot of resentment because the fame goes away. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And there, yeah, there are definitely exceptions who break that rule too. Yeah, but no, that yeah. is the common thing. That feels like that. Yeah. That's not the. That's the. Uh, the rule, not the exception. Mm-hmm. There's. Totally. There are the. And and to be fair, like you said earlier, um, we've seen recently like uh, hiring Catherine Hahn to play Agatha Hark, uh, Harkness on. Uh, in Marvel, I, I talked about there's this actress named Catherine Hahn who was uh, uh, on a show called Crossing Jordan back in the early 2000s. And I thought it was funny and I mentioned it to Mary one day. I said, it's weird that of all the actresses to randomly make it, it was this television actress from the early 2000s. But that's because you feel that they're starting to age up their casting of women, which is fine. That's a good thing. But could they stop complaining? Is that a good thing though? Yeah, ma- I think it, mm-hmm. it would be if it got them to shut up and stop complaining. <laughs> well, that's never going to be true. No, it's not. So everybody loses anyways. So there will always be complaints yes. from someone. All right. So Speaking of complaints, <laughs> super chats. I think we should wait on super chats. Okay. All right. Uh, all more, right. Then. More complaints first. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, uh, Warner Brothers has decided to reinstate their relationship with J.K. Rowling. Well, not reinstate, but uh, what? They're the, open to making more movies after in canceling. the Harry Potter franchise after canceling the last two planned movies of the Fantastic Beasts f- series of films that were already planned for release. And then once the controversies about members of the cast just started piling up yeah they really couldn't win but between there was Johnny no Depp, way to get around between between jk rowling johnny depp and ezra miller it was literally like a controversy a tr- like buffet. a trifecta from yeah. hell like of imagine PR that controversies you're that pr person and you're just like every day you're like oh <laughs> another yeah. thing so and the, another thing the fantastic beast film where johnny depp's character was actually replaced with mads mickelson was the most recent uh, installment of the franchise. It's like a prequel series of films to the, you know, the wizarding world. Um, It only made like $400 million, and that's uh, not where they projected it to go. But they had depreciating box office, like, with each movie, because you're making something derivative to begin with, and it didn't catch on with uh, a big fan base so that was blamed on jk rowling unfairly and i think this this article unfairly framed it that way jk rowling was not the reason that that fantastic beasts secrets of dumbledore made less than it was projected that was the that was the worst part of that article was blaming it on her the point is the average moviegoer who was going to like or decide whether to see Secrets of Dumbledore or not knew nothing of J.K. Rowling's views on gender ideology and why they are considered controversial. If yeah. you if you came up to them and started trying to explain this to them, you would sound like a schizophrenic homeless person. They would be like, and then I they love would be books. like, "Oh, cool." Um, I gotta go. I like have to um, do my taxes. <laughs> so here's here's Zazlab's quote. He says, "We're going to have a real focus on franchises." He explains, "We haven't had a Superman movie in 13 years. We haven't done a Harry Potter movie in 15 years. I wonder if he knows what Fantastic Beast was. He just." doesn't seem to count it in the same universe. He says, the DC movies and the Harry Potter movies provided a lot of the profits, Warner Brothers motion pictures over the last 25 years. So a focus on the franchise, uh, one of the big advantages that we have, House of the Dragon is an example of that, Game of Thrones, taking advantage of Sex and the City, Lord of the Rings, we still have the right to do the Rings movies. That's interesting. I don't think they will. I hope that they don't. I guess This comment doubling down on on focusing on franchises really bothers me when he's ignoring the existence of Fantastic Beasts and the fact that it failed. And it's showing that this franchise model is not a guarantee for success. But they have, I guess what, Marvel has your Marvel, I'm sorry, Disney has Marvel, Pixar, and uh Star Wars. Uh, do they have anything else over there that I'm not thinking of? 
um, mm. that are big. Those are the those are the big those ones are the that main I can ones, think of. Pixar, yeah. uh, and I guess you could also have your your uh, regular Disney animated. Whereas mm. DC, uh, Warner Brothers has your DC products. It has, like I said, franchises like Sex and the City, Game of Thrones. It does have DC animated. They have a lot of stuff, and HBO has their own side projects as uh, products as well. So there, I think there's money to be made there, and I love that Zaslav just doesn't care about identity and he just wants to make money and he's just he's just shamelessly cuts everything that he doesn't need to be there i'm here for it i'm here for the ruthless ceo who's just like oh that's too bad i'm, I'm so sorry that offends you you're fired the main roadblock to making money off of new installments in the harry potter franchise is not controversy that encircles jk rowling and her comments on transgender ideology because normal people don't care because normal people not only don't care but they have literally never heard of such a controversy mm -hmm. most people if you came up to them and asked them what their opinion was on it would be like i have no idea what you're talking about they would say what's a turf they yeah. wouldn't have any clue what, 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 what and by the way secrets of dumbledore flopped at least in part because it did focus on identity yeah. the secret of dumbledore was that he was gay yeah <laughs> so like why else would it have flopped yeah. we have this article here it says harry potter sales surge despite efforts to boycott jk rowling she's bulletproof dude when it comes to she's like on dave Chappelle level you can't cancel her yeah keep trying uh so it the uh, it comes uh, the comparison is to a five piece uh P pc increase i don't know what that means it's not english uh it's not uh american money uh, increase in the number uh, sold in this, of this year since February 28th. It comes amid a furious row over Rowling's criticisms of gender ideology. And basically they're talking about how the books are. Wait, when COVID hit, her sales went back up through the roof too because people were reading more because uh, they had time to be home and read. So she's kind of bulletproof. You can't really... Uh, it, beat her and she owns so much copyright control over this stuff you know maybe given that they're outsourcing their control to uh james gunn over at dc they want someone who can actually uh, sh uh kind of write the ship with her own products and they don't need to outsource it to people and not know how the product is going to come out uh, but yeah, they're focusing on franchise model movies, not TV shows, because what they found is that focusing on spending a bunch of money for a fraction of the return on investment is not a good idea. Imagine my shock that uh, dumping a bunch of money so that people can subscribe to HBO Max. They're going to just send these yeah. low budget movies to the landfill. Yep. Every time. So it says, amid a more challenging economic environment, a significant amount of change is required, the CEO told investors. This is from their Q3 earnings call. Uh, so they had a loss of $2.31 billion. It's messy, challenging, and it takes real courage to restructure this company. Did you see the... I posted a really funny video the other day of like uh, a comedian doing a thing like of all the things they're trying to get James Gunn to do just for DC. It's like you have to make Superman, but not the Superman. You have to do Batman, but not this Batman. You have to bring this back, do this, do this, do that, do that. It's like 900 things. And the guy, by the time it's done, the guy's hair is standing on end. Uh, <laughs> but imagine being David Zaslav and having to do that with all sides of the company while all the eyes are intensely on you because every time you make a decision, people you know, question whether you're making the right one. They're mad at him because he canceled Batgirl because they're calling him a bigot. They're mad that he canceled this because of this. And you can't win. And it's going to take years before people know whether any of this is successful or not. Do you think shareholders uh, 
I suppose that shareholders are aware of the controversy surrounding Ezra Miller, J.K. Rowling, I guess, uh, peripherally, Johnny Depp, and they actually think that this would be a hindrance to profitability on films that they, like, bulldoze back into the The Harry Potter franchise? The Ezra Miller one they were, because they they literally had to convene a board meeting to figure out what to do about it because there was so much of it in the news at the time. Do I think that the average person knows? I don't know, but it's not about that. The idea is that, do they know now? No. But what about when they Google the new movie because when they want to go get tickets and then a bunch of articles come up about Ezra Miller uh, dressing up like a cowboy in front of children and breaking into homes to steal alcohol? Maybe I'm just out of touch, but I don't think that headlines like that would deter me from buying tickets to a movie that I want to see. Gro- uh, seeing and rumor I'm, in the same headline as your movie star, not a good, uh, not the best pitch. True. Uh, like, I mean, I, but again, like I don't even think that the controversy about Ezra Miller is high profile enough yeah. to, to get eyes on it. it. Even like as it's been months and months of repeated offenses and arrests and new bombshell information that comes out on a on a routine basis about Ezra Miller's wrongdoings we're still kind of it feels like the only ones the only ones addressing it yelling to the it's really not a it's not a big deal to the general public so I don't think that this is going to cause any problems for them as far as like getting an audience to see a uh, movie about the flash yeah they care about the character not the one playing it so i want to i want to talk a little bit more about what zaslav said about jk rowling not just about the dc stuff so zaslav continued outside the u.s most in the aggregate europe latin america asia and the uh have 40 percent of the theaters that we have here in the u.s thank you guys thank you and there is local content so when you have a franchise movie you can often make two or three times the amount of money Money that you make in the U.S. because you get a slot, meaning like less to choose from, so they're going to end up going to see your movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so he sees a path forward there. For he goes, he talks about Batman, Superman, Aquaman, something with J.K. Rowling. He's focusing on the ones that people should be focusing on. I'm sorry, but the average moviegoer doesn't care about Batgirl. The the comic book nerds care about Batgirl, but what do what does uh, well they that was never going to be a theatrical I, release. But what does well anyway. that's what I'm saying. They're getting away from yeah. the characters that don't warrant a theater sure. release. Okay, uh, but but does Dumbledore warrant a theater release? Well, I don't even know what that. I would be interested. To, uh, the next question I would ask him is, what do you mean by more movies with J.K. Rowling? Like, does uh, that mean finishing remaking? out the Fantastic Beasts? movies or Um, does that mean moving on to something else that's new that's also extremely derivative that courts an audience obsessed with inserting sexuality into children's entertainment and we're at an age now where because there's granted it would usually go to series where like you'll be forced to get some uh, Ron Weasley spinoff of him or 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 you get a Hermione spinoff and it would be lame and nobody would care. But the original cast members aren't even willing to continue playing those characters anymore yeah. because of J.K. Rowling's <laughs> Yes, uh, and then and then um, basically, yeah, we didn't even talk about We never even covered that when after... Daniel Radcliffe recently th- was her just trashing her again. Yeah, he threw her under the bus. He's like, not all people in the cast share her views. I love the idea but, that Like, we you... assumed that. It like really, anyone just tweeted out, you know, I think that Daniel Radcliffe is is transphobic because of this stuff that J.K. Rowling is saying. I bet they agree on everything. 
<laughs> what? That's like, like thinking the, that even all three the, of the us clarification for being in the room together. Him it's giving crazy. the clarification is presupposing something that no one said. To be fair. Also, fair. like, how disrespectful to the yeah. person who created your whole career. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, like, the only ones that defended him were the bad guys. And let's be Malfoy real. And, <laughs> like, That's funny. Ralph, I, Malfoy and Ray Fiennes, who played Voldemort, were, like, the only ones who supported her. A lot of the people and who are like, oh, I don't want to have any sort of connection with J.K. Rowling because I've worked with her, but I don't feel this way. They probably do feel exactly that way because they have a brain in their head and they realize the things that she's saying are not transphobic. She's actually saying things that are pro-woman. I would bet and, that most of them don't even know, wouldn't be or able to they don't know or don't care. They're just scared of the mafia of alphabet yeah. people. So it, it, to me, for for Dumbledore, uh, a Dumbledore series was never going to to work long term, given the way things are going now. Um, What's going to happen next with the Harry Dumbledore? Potter franchise mm. that is actually compelling? I don't know. There's people, literally nothing you can do if you don't have the original cast. Yeah. And the last thing you did failed, and it was inserting sexual orientations. Into everything when into, it doesn't need to be there. It probably yeah, doesn't matter to J.K. Rowling. She's set. Yep. Like, she's done all her life work. She can chill with her feet up All now. she needs to do is approve what they create. She doesn't even need yeah. to be involved in the creation of it or the writing. She's uh she's more she's still writing her mystery novels. Her, she's doing because she likes it. There's a TV show based on that. I've never seen it. On the R- Gal- her Robert Galbraith. Her Robert Gal- she writes a, she writes a mystery like spy thriller or something. Mm-hmm. I like kind that. of want to uh, read the one she most recently yeah. released about like um like it was like about a YouTuber. Yeah. Who, yep. Uh, what, what was that about? Like, got like uh, targeted by people for saying things that were not politically correct. He was on getting their like YouTube stalked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I she wrote like a fictional book yeah. about yeah. a story like that. Interesting. It's like a crime series, uh, but anyway, un- under a pen name she's, called named Robert Galbraith. She's resting mm. on her laurels. It doesn't matter to her. But if David Zaslav has an interest in continuing this franchise, then. Think of something better than Dumbledore is gay. I just like the fact boring that I and, like and weird. I like the fact that David Zaslav seems to be focused exclusively on money, on wanting to make money, on finding things that will make money. Because Disney seems to be focused on literally anything but making okay, money. Okay, right if now. he is focused like, on making money, the Harry Potter franchise or Fantastic Beasts, anything else you do with it. That's that doesn't seem to be the direction to go in. Uh, I feel like you can only make so many sequels before even the best stuff mm-hmm. becomes the unwatchable theme parks, or not interesting. Even anymore. the dedicated super fans yeah. are already like fatigued with watching them. Mm-hmm. The theme parks and the toys are where the money is made there. Yeah. So So I would say no focus on theatrical releases in this franchise going forward. Like it clearly failed. Uh I would have to hear the pitch for what it's going to be. Not Fantastic Beasts. Please no. Uh, if they want to redo the series, that, I mean, eventually that's going to happen. Like, maybe not. No. Eventually we will. Hopefully th- after I'm already dead. So this I don't is what, this it. is what I said. This will make the norm. <laughs> this will make the people who don't understand for all the years that everyone's been complaining about race and gender swaps of characters. It will finally hit a lot of people when Harry Potter becomes a woman in uh, a different race in the next sequel. Thank you. Thank you. Like that will that will be when it finally hits. Maybe they can make Harry Potter gay. They probably will. Uh, <laughs> like, no Ginny Weasley for you, Harry. He can end up with Dumbledore. There you go. Oh, 
Well, there's a whole mess of problems there. Uh, <laughs> more to do with age than anything else. Okay, it's yeah. Like, yeah, it's uh, been a long time. And the fact since that I've it was his, you know, his professor or his headmaster. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to Super Chats. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Tacti Platy said, Bruh, I'm on the OG Starship Troopers stand. Diz? What does that mean? I can't find it here. I'm going to go watch it again this weekend. Uh, I haven't watched it since. Uh, I'm going to watch it this weekend. I watched it when I first got out here. I haven't seen it in like years. And uh, mm -hmm. it is very, very topical. Bobby said stroke. Thank well, you yes, for that. Well, yes, Deathstroke. Bobcat said, in my case, even after James Ellroy was disrespecting my favorite movie genre, I still read his books, mostly because they belong in the history section. Okay. It's, it's hard, man. With, uh, with a lot of creators... Separating the art from the artist can be can be a particularly difficult difficult thing. Not having a Twitter helps. Not, I mean, that's where you're like, let's face it, you're not just like go, going outside and seeing a billboard that says I'm this person and I hate you. You're you're finding it on their Twitter or their social media of some sort. And today has been particularly funny because it's all celebrities like go out and vout your vout matters and they're like, please shut up, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what your opinions are. And I'm I am so sick of hearing famous people say save democracy. Seriously, we need to ban. I'm all for, I'm not a big fan of government intervention, but I'm saying uh, we need to put a ban on the phrase save democracy. Yeah. Hollywood is like the least democratic <laughs> culture that yep. exists. So it's really hypocritical. There's like celebrities now posting that they're voting for Republicans. Oh, We're uh, going to touch on that oh. tomorrow, yep. actually. Caruso. Bobcat said, no honest librarian puts L.A. Confidential or the American Tabloid Trilogy in the fiction section. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the movie L.A. Confidential, the actual, uh, the original movie. I'm going to have to see that this weekend. Hava Owens said, it's great to see more normies calling out celebrities and their BS virtue signaling. I hope it becomes more of a thing. We need more truth. We, what we need is a less celebrity warship. Like, there's nothing weirder to me than people who, like, go on to famous people's Twitter and are like, you go, queen. You go. Like, people who, like, sit there and simp for celebrities. That's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Like, why would you... Like they literally look at you as less than a person. Why would you? Why would you do that? I think, I or I like to think that Stan accounts are mainly high schoolers with no hobbies. Ugh, well, that's, that's good. Yeah, good to know that. Like the, the I ran a Stan account before I knew what Stan account meant. For for, for what? Before what? that was or really a thing. For what? Um, for like bands that I liked. Those are the weird like emo bands. It's like stuff. an anime picture, and it's like or or it's like so and so like. The weird ones are like they're all for Marvel characters. It's like, it's like, it's like That's E. Awesome. Olsen, Scarlet Witch, uh, for life, and <laughs> it's yeah. just the creepiest stuff ever. <laughs> and it's like, or professional wrestling, like the 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 famous female wrestlers have those types of accounts too, like where like it's just nine hundred million pictures of the same wrestler, and the person's like, oh my god, this per so and so is such a goddess. And it's like, whose life? <laughs> whose life? Is like that where they're just like, what are you at work? And you're just like posting pictures of Alexa Bliss five thousand times a day because, what you like her mediocre wrestling? What? Who does bots. that? Thoughts. Like that's that, that would be more comforting to find out that it's just bots. <laughs> that's like that Alexa Bliss just pays a company to make her profile bigger by people making fake accounts about these people. 
Brie Louise said, changed my name so you don't have to read Center Conservative <laughs> Mom 98 every time I super chat. You're welcome, Mary. Now let's see if you can pronounce it. I hope I did. Louise. I don't know. Brie Louise. Is that correct? Let me know. It's definitely not Louise. <laughs> Potatoes for Seamus said, Daily Tithe for Blonde Brett and his Soviet sidekick, Comrade Mary. Still waiting on Bad App for the Taco Bell wedding invite. Hello, Taylor. Brett is still man of the year. Also, don't forget to vote, Mary. That is all. Shopping cart, shopping well, cart, shopping cart. When <laughs> I when, when I get my man count. of the year ceremony, I'm not going to miss it on the case of... Can uh, I be blaming, man of the year too? Yes, you can be Yay. man of the year. We, 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 we've learned yesterday that being a guy isn't really a necessity to be man of the year. Yeah. So you're fine. That'll, that'll be great. Oh, there's one more. Let's see. Bad App said, will you be my best man at Potatoes for Seamus? Then I have a question. If you, That's if, beautiful. At a, at, a, um, at a fictional Taco Bell wedding, what do you order to eat at the Taco Bell wedding? Could there be like a wedding cake made of Taco Bell? Yes. Like crunch wraps? Caramel. It could have like the structural integrity to be multiple levels on the cake. What about the caramel apple? It'd be empanada? difficult to slice that though, right? Yes. It'd be difficult to slice through like 10 different crunch wraps. It could have like little chihuahua bride and husband. Ah, you can talk about. Oh, but they stopped advertising with chihuahua, didn't oh, they? Oh god. I like they got rid I'm of the so Target old. dog too. Wait, there's no. no there's no dog for Taco Bell. Ta anymore? The Target dog yeah, still no. exists. Spot still exists. He flies first class everywhere he goes. Really? Yeah. Target dog flies first class. I thought they got rid of him, but um, okay. I would say that a caramel apple empanada cake. What? No. What is that? Caramel apple empanada. That's on the menu? Caramel apple empanada. Yeah. They used Ew. To serve that that's actually nauseating. No. Incredible. And then. Ew. And then. Uh, <laughs> and, and I then, like Taco Bell and that's gross. And then double decker taco. Uh, double decker tacos and chili cheese burritos just because you cannot get chili cheese burritos in certain places. So everyone that oh. comes to my fictional Taco Bell wedding someday would uh, would be able to get chili cheese burritos. You know, something that confuses me is the grilled cheese burrito because it's literally just a burrito with cheese melted on the top of it. There's nothing about it that resembles a grilled cheese. It's all about branding. All. It's all about branding. Like it just has cheese on it. Did they put the cheese on a grill? I guess. So then it's a grilled cheese. But you're like... Why would you want to hold it and get the cheese all over your hands when the point of the burrito is that it's contained? That's a very it's, good question. These are the deep questions we I, ask I here on Taco, Taco, Taco Bell. Bell Every time I eat Taco Bell, I lose like five years of my life. Probably. I can feel it. Really? Yeah. I'm really sensitive to fast food. Oh, yeah, I feel yeah, like I suppose. it's some of the least damaging fast food because it I has like... You're young. It's one of the more vegan-friendly fast foods, yeah. I think. What, uh, White Castle, too, I've heard. If you oh, order it vegan... There's no White Castle around where I grew up. It's damn shame. I think there might be in, some over in like Detroit, but not Kalamazoo. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, I've heard that White Castle has a fairly good vegan... Has fairly mm -hmm. good vegan options. I don't know. I never knew that. From my nope. tenure as a vegan, <laughs> I never had been to a White Castle. I heard before. you got yelled at by vegans the other day on Twitter. They were literally ripping me apart on Twitter. Like, Why? Uh, because I'm an apostate. <laughs> um, like, I, I quote tweeted this video of one of these vegans who does like the mono meals and does raw veganism. Oh, I love only. that stuff. I did that for a long time. I did too. I 
it didn't work out for me but yeah she showed like wait her, who was it i what might... i eat in a day i have no idea who it was okay but it was like this tiktok and she eats like nine bananas for breakfast that are wrapped in lettuce which is weird i love the romaine bananas it's really good not everybody's into it but that's actually a snack i enjoy but keep going i want to hear the she rest had of like uh, a huge amount of pears and then like five oranges for lunch mm-hmm. and then for dinner she had like three potatoes with a, a head of romaine lettuce and i quote tweeted it and was like veganism is for jobless people because it takes so long to eat this amount of low calorie density food i think that's why a lot of people don't do that long term because yeah. you have to eat so much and that's why i did that as a high school student who, was, who had the time of the well, day to do I, that i'll eat like a mono meal for breakfast have like a bowl of fruit you feel real good it's that's yeah like, or a smoothie or something but yeah but you can do that without being i mean vegan. If, if you can do it and you feel good doing it by all means live your best life but um Go but then they they like went and word searched me or something and oh, then they came all, after you like came after me in the replies yeah, and they were like the you're not vegans. you were never a real vegan you were plant-based <laughs> a real vegan never goes back to eating meat because it's you know i mean it's like a religion for some of these people Dorks i'm i'm like a hardcore vegan though like i i i don't really think you should like bother other people about it but I uh I've been vegan for like a real long time. I've been vegan more in my life than I'm not not been vegan, but I also grew up a child hunter, mm-hmm. which I think influenced that. The duality of man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I even like kind of came to their defense cuz I was like uh I was vegan and nothing bad happened. So <laughs> like I'm not attacking veganism. I was just making a joke. Yeah, well, but that's weird they they came after you. You went to they Twitter for humor and that's not really a thing on Twitter. <laughs> Until recently. <laughs> Can't do that. But also, I don't like when people, like, act like veganism and, like, wokeness are one of the same. For some people, they for are. For some Because they think it's part it of, is. like, intersectionality. But, like, for a lot of people, it's just, like, I feel healthiest this way. This feels But they're not talking about that. They're talking about the sound. people that care. I've got a sensitive stomach. They're talking like, about the people who care enough about it to put it in their profile and they talk about it I've got literally the, I've got the little vegan leaves in my profile. Do you talk about it at every chance you get? Oh, yeah. Ugh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> sometimes. Problem here. People ask about it sometimes, but um, I don't think it's like a taboo topic. But I also wouldn't like bring it up to somebody just for no reason. Well, that, that's what people The people in my about. replies would. would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Potatoes for Seamus said, bad app, I will. So we've got a, a, a fantastic wedding well, going. You've got a best man, but you don't have a bride taco so that's bride. gonna be an issue bad app said you can have whatever taco cake you want toots toots <laughs> i think you should i think technically you should, you should spell toots with a z you think yes i didn't know that toots. uh brie louise sent some thumbs up so i did get the pres- pronunciation correct. right honestly i thought that center conservative mom 98 had its charm yes i mm-hmm. liked it but both are good you know whatever whatever floats your boat um, Bad App said we can rent Tillian from Dance Gavin Dance to play at the wedding. He's available. How about I that? heard. Yeah. <laughs> heard he's based. Uh, Verified sources. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So do you wanna do you wanna tell us about Kathy Griffin? I do. Yes. No. <laughs> Kathy Griffin recently got suspended from Twitter for impersonating Elon Musk. She wasn't the one who started it, actually. And here's where the connection to Brett's hat comes into the story. 
The first person I saw impersonating Elon Musk on Twitter was uh, someone named uh, Chris Clue. I believe it's pronounced. It was like K-L-U-W-E. Okay. And he is a former player for the NFL Vikings. And he got fired from the team uh, because he he's straight, by the way. But he is an outspoken gay rights activist. And back in 2014, he said he was fired for being outspoken in his support of same-sex marriage. He tweeted this while... Uh, he had the name Elon Musk and a, next to his blue check and Elon Musk's Avi. Mm-hmm. There is nothing better than waking up and enjoying a fresh steaming cup of my own urine. <laughs> Such a tangy way to start the day, and it's scientifically proven to help brain cells grow. If you want to be like me, drink your pee. I cannot believe it, but I actually was fooled by this tweet for a second. I was like, wow, Elon Musk is actually like going crazy on Twitter. So he got you. He was the first one. Okay. And then a bunch of people joined the bat the bandwagon. Another person with a blue check named Rich Sommer quote tweeted it and said, uh, this isn't funny guys, while also impersonating Elon Musk. Yes. So Kathy Griffin joined in and she <laughs> impersonated Elon Musk to <laughs> encourage people to vote for Democrats in the midterm elections, which are happening today. She tweeted, I've decided that voting blue for their choice is only right. So she was impersonating Elon Musk and encouraging people to go to the polls and vote for reproductive rights. And that's kind of worse than impersonating Elon Musk and just making a joke out of it. You're actually making political statements, which can get you into legal trouble. He should have, she should have given financial advice. <laughs> uh, I, Elon Musk, uh, do encourage you to buy Bitcoin at, the, at its peak and then, let, <laughs> and then sell off. Yeah. The so, first one, I mean, I don't think you should be able to like impersonate anyone. I've had people do accounts like that of sure. me. It's messed up. I'm but getting the first impersonated one is, right now. The first yeah. one, oh, you have one? Yeah, I do. I, is it on Instagram? I can mm-hmm. show you how to get it taken down like that. Good, yeah. good. But you, there's like a specific page and stuff. You have to send your ID. Oh, okay. But um, it gets it taken care of immediately. But um, the first one's kind of like harmless, just trolling the yeah. internet. But and Elon is to, all about trolling, so I thought he would appreciate it. Well, if you're breaking the rules, you're breaking the rules. But um, why, like, to pull politics into it, that's, like, a whole different story. Yeah, Kathy Griffin always and then takes what, it too far. What happened? It became, like, a trend that a bunch of accounts Yeah, so Kathy Griffin it. wasn't the only person who did it, but she did get her account suspended on Twitter for did, doing this. And then Elon explained why. With the new rollout of how blue checks work and how Twitter blue works, it's going to cost $8 a month to keep your verification check. There there have to be new policies when you violate impersonation, so you're not going to get a warning anymore. Mm-hmm. You're going to get, get like instantly banned if you impersonate someone with your blue check. He said, going forward, any Twitter handles engaging in impersonation without clearly specifying parody will be permanently suspended. So what Kathy Griffin did, the ghoulish woman she is, she went and logged into her dead mother's Twitter account to evade the suspension. So ghoulish. And continue trolling and impersonating Elon Musk. She said, I'm tweeting from my dead mother's account. 
from her her mother's page, which is Maggie Griffin, she would not mind, she says. Mm. This is how you get yourself haunted. Remember um remember when This is how you get a ghost. Yes. Like, after you. Remember when we said it was ghoulish that Marvel was uh using Chadwick Boseman's account after he passed to do to promote Black Panther Wakanda Forever? This is an even like they're all just trivial reasons of disrespecting somebody who is no longer living. Uh, I think back to like Facebook pages. Remember, like Facebook pages now become memorial pages if you pass away. Mm-hmm. It kind of comes. It kind of brings into question. We're all going to live on in ways that we can't control after right. we die, and that's a terrifying thing to think about. I don't know about you. I probably would be okay with somebody using my account to to troll after I'm I'm gone. But in this specific instance, I don't think so. It, not for voting. Well, I, I mean, the, I mean, the, the, I mean, it's dead people telling people to go vote a certain way. What's new? Uh, uh, <laughs> it's um for for this. It's yeah for like for making it something inherently like uh, political and divisive and stupid. Right. But and then on her mother's account, she said uh, she ran the account for her. She passed away, but I always kept the account. Trust me, she would be with me on this. Relax. And then she replied to Elon Musk uh, trolling back at her, saying she was banned for impersonating a comedian. The, but, um, and she said, you stole that joke, you a-hole. <laughs> People have been posting that joke for hours, you hack. Look, please do a better job running this company. It used to mean something. Twitter never meant anything. And then he said she if she really wants her account back, she can have it for $8. The, the for celebrities, what I find funny right now is all of the we I've been reading articles for the last several days of like suddenly the Hollywood reporters all concerned about free speech kick rocks like they're like oh in a stunning blow to free speech kathy griffin has been banned and look i don't think she should have been uh should have been banned i think a warning like she should have gotten a warning not to do it again but they're the first ones to cry about free speech the second that the policies are enforced without a double standard i'm not going to cry for them the second they have to follow the rules right yeah i'm not going to cry for them at all they, I will lose no sleep. Totally over this. disingenuous. And it's not even about free speech. It's about making political statements while posing as the CEO of the platform you're on. Yep. Also, like, should there be a rule about posting from a dead person's account? I think so. That's- but they've already done it. So it would be like. Where would that fall? You would have to like follow the precedent that it's already commonplace. I mean, they they've been posting from Chadwick Boseman's yeah. Twitter account. I don't think that's morally right, but they're doing it anyway, and no one's reacting. That should be on par with impersonation, though. Yeah, I like the idea of like the this is a memorial account now. If yeah. someone passes away, make um, it inactive. Like or you maybe can't use if, it. if it's like a celebrity and a family member has to post to inform of, you know, the news or something, maybe that's a little different, but mm-hmm. when Chris- I, I don't like the, Oh, well, I got silenced here. I'm going to use my dead mom's that's account. Now. So ghoulish and, and creepy. When, when Christina Grimmie died, her parents turned her YouTube channel into a memorial of sorts where they would uh, upload new content 
related to her uh, mm-hmm. or stuff related to stuff that she cared about. So there's ways to do that, but yeah. there's a whole world that will have to be explored as more and more people of uh, with significant internet followings pass away, right? Like now, if we're if we're going by age alone, most of the people that are dying of old age didn't have uh, significant social media presences when they were younger. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a different thing in 10, 20 years from now when we have to look at what will your legacy be after? Like it's like um, there's a, like the trope in the movies, like if I die, go clear my browser history. Like what do you like if you die, do you um, do you're like, hey, could you go like delete some of the inflammatory stuff that I once said or do you leave it alone? Uh, what do you do? Like uh, if you were to uh, uh, everybody, this is just hypothetical. If you were to pass away, uh, would, would you want somebody to run your page as a, a memorial type page? Do you just want it to sit there ominously? What would you want from it? Given that people here are at least somewhat public facing. If they're not deleted, they should just be made inactive. So you think it should be locked down? Yeah. By the company? Because this, like, I don't know. I'm sure you guys have done this before, too, if you've lost someone and you look back at their photos from time to time. Yeah. Is that weird? Mm, I don't think it's weird. Maybe commenting is weird. I've I've commented <laughs> before. Like, sometimes it feels like the right thing to do. But... If anyone's like thing logging do. into that account and posting new things yeah, that pose as that person. That's weird. Or uh, worst of all, using it to troll on Twitter because you want the last word. All because you couldn't just uh, shut swallow up. Swallow your pride. Swallow your basically. pride. And, like, yeah, like, or don't you have like a friend's account who like is alive? <laughs> or you could just make a new one. That I, too. Like, people do man evasion all the time without, you know using their dead parents as a puppet and like <laughs> crazy I'm, I'm, right i'm thinking of like like you know how like they'll do like social media takeovers like did donald trump ever try to do like social media takeover i'm running donald don jr's account today and it's just him tweeting out stuff on don jr's account after he got banned <laughs> like like that's a thing like celebrities will take over the page for a, a company for a day or like uh, or something like that I that's that not once. impersonation though that's just no. a business deal that was mutually agreed upon in a contract so so i don't know uh for me i guess i'm dead i can't know whether what like i hope you think i but here's the reality as far as i know here's the reality corporations individuals public figures or not no one actually like knows what happens when we die and what we experience after we are dead if anything okay you don't know and you also don't know how you're going to feel about the things you said or the things that people are saying on your behalf after you're dead. Therefore, assuming assuming the worst, which is that every dead person, that would go against their wishes, then don't post from the accounts. Unless explicitly... Basic ethical principle. What, uh, what if, you expli- what if um, somebody explicitly puts it in a will or something that it is allowed to continue to be used? You'd have to have some type of legal ramification saying, look... If that I- adds a gray area, but even then, I, I'm hesitant to say that that should even be in a will, like social media rights, because... Again, you still don't know if it violates their conscience. 
but it I will have, it will eventually have if, to go in wills someone, because there's money to be made. Yeah, if you're someone with a big enough following that that is something it's you think monetized, about. Yeah. But like what you were talking about with families memorializing, you know, YouTube channels and yeah. updating or whatever, using yeah. it for some positive reason, that's like so much different to me than posting from an account for literally any other reason that could seem kind of exploitative i'm picturing like uh you're like you die and you're like you have like a uh, you're like so you're you're sibling to somebody like me who like has like weird like uh grammar errors in the stuff and it just drives you nuts because your your sibling is posting something you're just begging to be haunted yeah (laughs) that's what i'm I'm hoping for stop using dead people's Twitter accounts, you're gonna get haunted. So it'll be just like I, I pass away, and Dane will just be putting a bunch of stuff how Ben Affleck is a horrible Batman on my social media pages, and, <laughs> and I will be from the. That's from when the, you send a you'll bolt be of rolling lightning over in your grave. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'll be down. And you're right. Like I guess most people never think about it, but you don't know what happens when you die. So like, so you can't write that into a contract. And you're like, ugh, and you're up there, just like I can't, right. I can't do anything about this. This is awful. So hopefully it won't bother you. By I, I was going to say, hopefully at that point, that's the least of your worries. But still, I think it's disrespectful, especially the Chadwick Boseman thing. I, I think the Kathy Griffin one's actually worse. <laughs> like, mm. so, like, yeah, actually, because it's it's your own family member. Yeah, like, like and the, she wasn't a public figure. She just had a kid who was a public figure. Corporations get a corporation like Kathy right. Griffin can't like she's literally that incapable of just taking she's the L and, and being quiet that she that she has to dis, like disappear. Like I would feel weird typing in that password and like at some point between getting the ban, going in like, hmm, what is my mom's social media account? Going in, typing it in, hitting it, type it in, just like. You got to add a password now. At no point during doing this did you not think that maybe what you're doing is a little bit creepy and ghoulish? Well, celebrities are the most obsessed with Twitter compared to ordinary people. Like, any ordinary person, ask them if they have a Twitter account. It's unlikely. Yeah. Or if they do, Highly they, unlikely. Or they say they have it and they don't use it. It's a rather I, niche platform, I never actually. had a Twitter until I became, like, being talked about on Twitter and a couple of people were like, yo, you need to make a Twitter. Really, it's kind of a ghetto for public figures. Um, and just like anyone who is obsessed with posting on there. But if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to use it. I like Twitter now. I, uh, I, I like wish Twitter. I didn't like, I like Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> I, uh, it would make my job easier to use Twitter, but I, I don't. I, I, I Why would it make... Make Finding uh, stuff to talk about, like a lot of stuff mm-hmm. happens on Twitter that uh, has to, like, there's a lot of conversations that happen there that would make this job. Well, easier. you have but me now looking for yeah, it. So. Now people just write articles about tweets. Yep, right. the journalism. Like today. that's news. I did a journalism. I wrote about a bunch of people on Twitter. Me too. All right, I think there's a, a super chat there. There's a couple of them. Tacti Platy said, "I will officiate the Taco Bell wedding for you two. We got this whole wedding planned out. It's going good so far. Yeah, guys. I'm not part of the plans. <laughs> Taxi Flatty also said, Brett, I bequeath you my meme accounts to Ish Post. Thank you. We appreciate that. You're in the will. Uh, I, this is fantastic. I've been I've been looking for the, forward to this. Uh, and then we've got we've got one uh, we got one more there. Touchy subject says <laughs> dibs on dead Brett's trolling rights. And he said Kembata one. Technically, that can't be me because that is Brett with one T. And as far as I'm concerned, Brett with one T is almost as bad as Brent. 
and that's just not good at all. It should always be two T's. Maybe it's Brett with like less of an emphasis on the T part. Brett, not Brett. Brett. Uh, it's like it's kind of like like. Do you know any mats with the one T? No. Like, uh, that is funny. There's uh, like uh, no mats with one. No tea. mats with one. Then tea. you're like a bath mat. Yeah. Well, that's just like uh, that was in like <laughs> there. There was an episode of a show, and I don't remember what show it was. We were talking. It was like Matt missing a T there, buddy, and he just makes this really condescending joke. He's like missing a T there, buddy. All right. Oh, Thousand foot more. deep end said, I have a distant older uncle who, after his wife passed away, slowly changed her Facebook account into his own. Kind of weird, IMO, <laughs> but whatever. What? LOL. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. There could be a movie made about that, dude. Like, Didn't like, he have his own Facebook then account? Then the weirder part is, like, he, like, what, what if he, like, meets his next wife on Facebook through As her baby boomers tend to tend do. To do? I, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, <laughs> what? Do people really... Well, that's the other thing. Old There's, people use love like Facebook. A, like a dating app? There's also... Uh, old pe- Remember, joint accounts. That's a big thing. Like, oh, this, yeah. This is the John and, uh, and John and Sarah Facebook account for like couples because like one of them cheated and they just don't trust the other one to have their own private account, so they have to have an account together. I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, I don't know if that's why, but that's what I always imagine. Whenever I see two people, if especially if they're younger, like if they're old and they're... like uh, I think... My aunt and one of my aunt and uncles have like a shared like family account. Just right? so you can keep up with the Yeah, fam. with the family. Yeah. But like if it's a young couple, I just imagine dude cheated and she's like, You're not having a Facebook page unless we both have access and it's like <laughs> that's what I imagine that is. It's a, a whole bunch of trust issues. I didn't know that was even a an option. I didn't either. I I'm not on Facebook. Same. I have not been on Facebook in years Dude, and years and years. Yeah, I like, deleted my accounts long ago. I, mine just sits there because I just like I started trying to delete it. I just gave up. It's <laughs> 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 like it's too hard. Yeah. So mine just sits there. I'm sure people say perfectly awful things to me. Great. And I'm just yeah. I, I get yourself off Facebook and social media. You will be all the happier for it. All I really use is Instagram, and that's just for skating stuff and memes, and uh, as minimal arguing. I, I don't argue with people on there. Potatoes for Seamus said Brett care is self-care. But who is Brett <laughs> with one T? Brett. It's not a thing. It's, it's not a thing. Brett. There should be no Bretts. It should be Brett. I, in my head, I sometimes call you bread. I deflate. As a nickname. I'm carbs, basically. <laughs> I'm, I am a carbohydrate. I like carbs. Perfect. Uh, well, that's good. I, I like, love carbs. I'm a vegan. Go carb <laughs> crazy. I don't know if I should read this one, but why not? Not Alan Rogers said, Taylor, please say something mean to me. Oh. Can you think of something mean? Not Alan Rogers? I yeah. mean, um, we, we don't aren't. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> How about that? Oh. Was that That's nice. not mean. Uh, I, that wasn't mean enough? It was a little bit harsh. Um, the thing is, if you were here, we'd be able to roast you, but we don't know what you look like or whether you have a job. Um, also in the in the chat, lovely nightmare says comment. Brett Hart. <laughs> Brett, yes, Brett the Hitman Hart, the pro wrestler, only had one T, but Brett the Hitman Hart also was Canadian. I don't know what that, how that correlates, mm. but uh, maybe they only have one T down there in in Canada. Um, he says foot. meaner. Uh, uh, in the in the chat, not oh, Alan Rogers says meaner. meaner. All caps meaner. What the? <laughs> That's a little weird, dude. Thousand I, foot defense said why? no. My uncle didn't have his own Facebook. Okay, I guess that makes a little more sense. And 
Yeah, I mentioned Matt Kearney. Matt that? Kearney is a singer that had one T in his name. Wasn't the 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 what? Saturday Night Live person Kearney as well? Molly Kearney. They related? Maybe. Matt, Matt and Molly Kearney? Are they are they brother and sister? <laughs> are they or, both non-binary? Are they brother and in, in they them? Brother and Vister? Hister. <laughs> I don't know. We're we're gonna get clipped for this. Ugh. All right. All right, guys, now that we've done that. All right, we're moving on. We've got to, we've got one more here. Do you want to tell everyone, Mary, about the the joy of Jennifer Lopez? Yes. Jennifer Lopez surprisingly is getting backlash for taking her fourth husband, Ben Affleck's last name. How it's dare she? considered a sign of submission. So she was recently asked to respond to those claims. Firstly, I'm going to read the New York Times article and what it said about her taking Ben Affleck's name. Uh, and I'll just explain how she responded to it afterwards. I think it's one of the most public acts of submission that a person can perform. But that is especially true for a celebrity woman who makes their own money and their name recognition. It certainly complicates the conversation about power in heterosexual marriages when you have two famous people and one adopts the other's name. Why didn't he become Ben Lopez? What would that have done to his ego? We can never know what conversations go into these choices. Probably none because they're not weird. But she's one of the high-profile female celebrities to do it recently. They mentioned Beyonce and Kim Kardashian adopted their husband's last names, but waited until after, like, later in the marriage and after having children with them. Um, and, you know, Jennifer Lopez is on her fourth marriage. I don't think that she is some kind of paragon of virtue or tradition, but... There's a great photo of her with Thanos' with the Infinity Gauntlet, and except, except it's wedding rings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, But for whatever reason, it was her taste and her decision to take Ben Affleck's name, and I don't think that she should have been shamed for it at all. And I don't know why they placed this burden on her that she needed to make some kind of feminist statement with her personal life. This speaks more also to me with what I say a lot about um, these celebrities are all virtue signaling in the movies and then they're never like that in the real world. So a lot of them will do the roles where they talk about uh, women don't need to live up to men's ideals, get rid of the male gaze in movies. We don't need this. We don't need that. But then when they go to movie premieres, they're dressed to the nines in the most feminine clothing they can wear looking like uh, traditional beautiful women. Mm. They push one thing in their media and then they push a very different thing in their private lives or in their uh, the stuff that's not being promoted. I always so. thought Jennifer Lopez was hypocritical in a similar way because she, of course, had the song Love Don't Cost a Thing where she is trying to represent all women and saying, you know, I, I have my own money, I'm independent, and I'm just looking for companionship and not, you know, someone who's well off hypergamy don't cost but she's one of the most hypergamous women <laughs> that we we've seen in this in the entertainment sector because she keeps moving from relationship to relationship i feel like her and ben affleck are in uniquely similar like uniquely similar places as far as their level of fame and maybe i'm wrong maybe i just know ben affleck better they also have history so yeah it makes more sense for them to settle down together it feels like like him in movies is similar to her in 
in music. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. his fame, where he's reached due to his, the roles that he's done. They've feels reached like their they're, peaks, yeah. both. And they've like moved past that. To me, it's like silly that this is even an article. This would <laughs> only be written in 2022. Like who cares? Right. Like women take their husband's names every day. Like, what's the big deal? A lot of women do that proudly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was. There's nothing wrong with it. She was shocked to hear that she got this backlash. Yeah. And she said, people are still going to call me Jennifer Lopez, but right. my legal name will be Mrs. Affleck because we're joined together. We're husband and wife. I'm proud of that. I don't think that's a problem. It's it's not traditional. It doesn't have any romance to it if he were to be Mr. Lopez. It feels like it's a power move. You know what I mean? I'm in control of my own life and feel empowered as a woman and as a person. I can understand that people have their feelings about it, and that's okay too. But if you want to know how I feel about it, I just feel like it's romantic. It still carries tradition and romance to me, and maybe I'm just that kind of girl. That's the thing. You're not allowed to be traditional in Hollywood anymore. Like, like she's not even of, that kind of girl. It doesn't hold that type of weight. I'm that kind of girl on my fourth marriage. Right. <laughs> but like it really shouldn't even be something that gets scrutinized. And I'm all about scrutinizing celebrities, but this is one of the dumbest reasons to do so. Yep. It's uh is Lopez a stage name? I don't know if I'm a, I don't know if that's her real last name. Um, I always thought it was I because it they was. actually went out of their way to mention in the New York Times article that she is like high profile as latina performer yeah even though she has very little knowledge of like speaking spanish her last name gave her that credit so maybe that is her born last name i i I thought hyphenating was like a big thing right like uh, there's a there's a funny scene in arrow when uh felicity smoke meets oliver's uh his father-in-law and he's like does, does your wife hyphenate? She seems like a lady who would hyphenate. Like that, is that, that a derogatory term? No, it was not meant. It, it was it was supposed to denote that she would be like a powerful person. Where her first uh, her first husband, who passed away, the Queen family was obviously rich and successful. So she'd want to keep that name as well as take the name of her of her new husband. So even I think then, it should be whoever has the cooler last last name. name. <laughs> oh, I see paper rock scissors. If someone has a truly objectionable last name, I say don't take it. Like Anthony Weiner. Sorry, if you if you married if you married him, that's your that's your last name now. By the way, <laughs> isn't Huma Abedin? Uh, speaking of which, isn't she? Um, Sorry, I'm like twelve. <laughs> isn't well, you she know, dating. Uh, who was she dating? Bradley Cooper. Uh, Huma Abedin was dating Bradley Cooper recently. Maybe they're still together. You ever, like, isn't it weird how like <laughs> it's kind of a weird connection? I don't even know who that is. Who is that? That she was, that, I know she who was with Anthony Cooper Weiner. Is. Oh, okay. The name thing, like the name thing, carries less weight in Hollywood because most of them use—I mean, not most of them—but stage names are a thing. And well, also, even in real life, there are a lot of women whose you know prior to marriage name or maiden name, whatever you call it, they continue to go by that and be known by that without that being their legal name, or they kind of take some time to switch it over because people know them. I remember there was a a couple of like TikToks or something where it's like a a woman who becomes a doctor goes by her maiden name as a doctor because, you know, she worked through her whole degree while still uh, not married. And she takes pride in being doctor, whatever her maiden name was rather than taking her husband's name uh, in her professional life. So in her personal life, she goes by her 
uh, in her personal life, she goes by her husband's name. Mm-hmm. In her professional life, she goes by her maiden name because that's the name she had when she got her degree. It means a different thing for ordinary people than it does for celebrities. The reason that a celebrity wouldn't take her husband's last name is just because of the uh, rights that she has to things that are sold in her name. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. It's not some kind of feminist overture. It's about money. I also don't think it's like some big statement whether you want to take someone else's name, keep your name, hyphenate a name. That's all so personal. A lot of people really value tradition. Some people have really reasonable reasons to keep their name like what you're saying like what is the big deal why would you write an article about that yeah uh who is that uh taylor lautner's wife's name is taylor yeah is so that, she's taylor lautner yeah that's kind of you know kind of egotistical <laughs> if you think about it a little bit but it, like i said we live in a world now where everything uh because we read into everything that we look at in the world now as, and, as a taylor you know, i i will say every time i meet a taylor i automatically am like cool with them you're so. in the taylor club <laughs> does that does that ring to you like like yeah like you feel like you feel uh, a certain level of person uh personal connection to someone just because you share the name uh, maybe a little bit interesting like i have friends named taylor okay and and you feel like you wouldn't be friends with them if they weren't named Taylor. You're I like, have friends named Taylor that I that. literally <laughs> got to know better because it was like at the oh. skate park. What's up? I'm Taylor. Oh. oh, my name's Taylor. Then we start talking. Okay, that's never happened to me. No, you've never met a Mary you liked? No, I have not met someone and been like, my name is Mary, and then they say that too. Oh. Taylor's. They're never different. like, that's my name too. That's why you because see young Taylor's people are marrying each other. <laughs> people don't name their children Mary anymore is that true really yeah like it, there was a very distinctive like plummet of people naming their babies mary in 1965 and it's been going downhill ever since why um probably the disintegration of the catholic faith in the country um probably i'd have to we have to look into that it's 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 very interesting because like to me uh, a lot of like a lot of celebrities change their names for other reasons like i was thinking back to when uh chloe bennett changed her name like they talk about changing it because they wanted to make their name sound more american uh because uh, of their profession chloe bennett's uh legal name is chloe wang and she made her name bennett because she's uh like they said she'd get more work uh and now obviously that's different like james roday the dude from psych his name's his last name's rodriguez and he changed his name now Mm. to james roday rodriguez because now it's beneficial to have the the full name so it's uh, names are a whole thing, and that's a, a big part of Hollywood because your branding is tied directly to your, you know, to your marketability, to your name. Uh, and once you get married, at least for women in, in our culture, that does change. So mm-hmm. it's kind of an interesting thing to see. So, all right, uh, we've got uh, a couple of super chats there, and then touchy subjects said voice recognition screwed me again. I would need to know what vo- How how did it do so? He said something that made no sense. It was Kimbata one, and that is probably not what he said. I can't imagine the confidence it takes to do voice to text in sending a super chat. My, my <laughs> that's bro- your hard-earned money that you are <laughs> wasting on voice to text, dude. My voice, my brother, like like when my brother texts me, he uses voice to text, and I can always tell when he's right. typing and when he's not. <laughs> Regatan said in I, okay in mood right now alexa plays something is lost by piana and he tacti platy said my real name is hebrew but i'm hispanic Mm. mary's a hebrew name too yeah the one person who doesn't have a hebrew name actually i'm getting a new name Ooh, a new first name or a new new first name from my passport i don't want to talk about it yet but there'll be an (laughs) announcement eventually no doxing on this podcast 
That's all the super chats. Uh, no, there's one more, but there was no message with it. Br Cody oh, sent one dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, so, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone today. Thank you so much. And Taylor, Taylor, still Taylor. Thank you it, for now. For yeah. now, no, it'll still be Taylor anyway. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> uh, let everyone know where they can find you. Oh, um, you can go leave me a hate comment on Instagram or Twitter. <laughs> no, my Instagram is Taylor May Silverman. My Twitter is TM Silverman. And if you see any accounts impersonating me, report them. Perfect. <laughs> Mary, where can oh, they find Oh, and you? go vote. Oh, yes, yes, go vote, guys. Don't vote. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Down with democracy, bro. You can find pictures of me on Instagram at Mary Archived, and you can read my inane thoughts or send me hate comments on Twitter, also at Mary Archived. Perfect. Guys, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Desvick. We got one more super chat from Regatan. Says, no one has the same name as me. It sounds like Game of Thrones. Oh, that's cool. So thank you. Uh, for the show, guys, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. Uh, if you want to listen rather than watch, we're on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify. Uh, Bad App has one more. Mary, do you want to read it? Mm. Bad apps that you <laughs> Meximelt my heart. It's, very, it's a very Taco Bell reference. Isn't that adorable? That's going to be I, in your wedding vows at your fictional Taco Bell <laughs> wedding. It will all be Taco Bell references. Incredible. Uh, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify. I was looking up uh, the Spotify list the other day, guys. We are coming up on the one-year anniversary of Pop Culture Crisis. We put up our first episode to listen on December 2nd. We are very excited that we have uh, been doing this for almost a year now. Time flies when you're uh, learning as you go and having fun. So thank you all for being with us on this incredible Incredible journey. We are also on social media Twitter at pop culture underscore show, Facebook and TikTok at pop culture crisis, and on Instagram at pop culture crisis pod. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Later. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.